it's going to destroy the fighting type arena as we know it. And we never actually thought that we would see that. And it goes to show all it takes is one move. DeFi. DeFi says that. <laughs> one move away from being super viable. Is, is it a DeFi-ism or is it DeFi-ism? 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 I mean, I feel like if that's the case, you got to say DeFi-ism. DeFi-ism. I don't, I don't, I don't know. None of these I don't think any of me. these work even a little bit. Anyway, DeFi says that. <laughs> yes. DeFi says that regularly. Um. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Hit the lights. It's time for a new season. How final did the finale actually feel really? I hope you can take notes upside down. A new research event is coming this weekend. What's this? A nebulous new nebula Pokemon? I'm in. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast. It's episode 205. It's August 30th. Yet another Tuesday evening. I'm your host, Chris. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle. How you doing, man? I'm doing okay. Yeah? Yeah. Doing just okay. Just okay. So we're how many days since the finale event? We're three days away from that two and a half-ish, something like that? Three. Three? At this point, it's three full days, yes. Yes, it was Saturday. Have you fully physically recovered from how many miles we walked that day? It was quite a bit. I didn't realize until I sat down at home. We covered like eight and a half miles, dude. I mean, I I was okay. Uh, during the event, and then as soon as we sat down for dinner, I'm like, "Oh, we actually, yeah. <laughs> we actually did walk." <laughs> I was very distracted. Yeah, one of the one of the big bummers was at the end of the event. We sat down with uh with a, a mutual friend of ours who actually was on episode two <laughs> of this podcast. million years ago. Very funny, Alex. We picked out a place ahead of time that he had suggested because he's like a downtown local, right? And uh, we got in there and we sat down. And we're like, oh, no, these benches are really comfortable. <laughs> comfortable. Yeah. The lights were turned down. I was going to get a beer after Go Fest because I usually like to enjoy some sort of beverage, especially if we're hanging out afterwards like that. And so is Alex. And Kyle was like, no, because uh, he usually prefers not to. And me, who prefers to, I was like, I got to drive home. I'm already going to fall asleep as is. Let's just pass. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a Go Fest. Well, well done. Um, but I do want to talk about GoFest finale event, our thoughts, our experience on it, all that good stuff. But before I forget, because I wouldn't dare, shout out to two brand new patrons of ours, Cynthia and Mimi. Thank you so much for your patronage and your support. Cynthia, keep that Garchomp away from us. We appreciate you. Okay. We set some goals, Kyle, and this included our, well, actually, I think it was strictly our goals for the GoFest finale weekend. So would you like to go first, sir? Sure. Okay. You wanted to finish all special research. Did. Okay. Two million experience. Yes. Alrighty. 15 shinies. Exactly. <laughs> yep. And clear inventory space before the event, like 2000, you wanted to clear out. 
I did, and I'm, I'm still pretty clean right now. I'm at 4,800 out of 6,100, and I, I still have plenty more to clean out right now. Well, congratulations, Mr. 4 out of 4, 100%. Look at you. My goodness. I already know ahead of time going into my list that that's not going to be the same story for me. Uh, all Ultra Beasts caught. Yeah, I did do that. Uh, I did actually a lot more Ultra Beasts than I was originally intending i think kyle did as well we'll talk about why in a minute here <laughs> 10 shinies i walked away with i think it was 18 uh two million experience did 2.5 all special research yeah that was no problem and 100 eggs this is unfortunately where i actually tripped i uh, i think by the time it was weekly adventure sync screenshot time for our fitness challenge in the discord i was only at 90 so i, yeah. I fell a little short and i think by the end of the actual event i think i was I had hatched like 80 or 84 or something like that. So unfortunately, so four out of five for me, it was that last egg related goal, Kyle, and you bowed out of setting <laughs> ones. So well, it was a good thing too. Cause I didn't hatch any, I think I hatched maybe like 10 eggs last week. Yeah. At some point in time you turned to me and I was like, I need to hatch like 40 more. And you're like, I've hatched nine. And I was like, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I was living the, I was living the, standard incubator life that entire time that's right plus exactly the free that. ones we got but right okay uh i'm just gonna pass us on into the news section then and we can talk all about you know the the previous weekend and all that good stuff and uh welcome to the news so we had the GoFest finale event this past weekend and there was a recap post as usual from our friends over at niantic and of course I can't help but share a couple of the fun metrics, you know, <laughs> that they pointed out. I'm not going to read the whole thing. You can go do it yourself. They're pretty much like, we had events. They were great. Here's all the pictures, some videos. Isn't this fantastic? Yes, we agree. It was. <laughs> but here's the interesting stuff. This was the first ever series of five Pokemon Go events. Uh, you know, I, I feel like we knew that. And that's like an, oh, sure, no, duh. But I haven't really considered the fact that these were all related events and had like a, a flowing narrative between each of them. Pretty interesting. So bravo for them for pulling that off. It's pretty cool. Between all of the five events, 1.75 billion Pokemon were caught. That's billion with a B. 150 million kilometers walked. That's million with an M. Send 2 million gifts. 2 million gifts. I'm happy to say I was maybe 10 of those. Maybe. <laughs> Traded 85,000 Pokemon. Uh, I'm proud to say I was maybe 10 of those as well. Yep. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. And forged over 250,000 new in-game friendships. And Kyle, you and I, we're free from helping out with that number, I think, this past weekend. <laughs> yeah. We didn't forge any new in-game friendships. Actually, I think I did accept requests from like one or two people. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, we, we did. We actually we got some new friends, I believe, via Discord. So, OK, that makes a lot of sense. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So, Mr. Kyle, I'm dying to hear what your opinion was of the entire event uh, from this weekend. Now, just really quick for those of you that might not have participated, there was four habitat hours per se. And each of those habitat time periods actually lasted for two hours apiece which was a departure from previous years where it was four habitats, but it'd be one hour, four times, and they'd rotate through again later on in the day in the back half. The four available Ultra Beasts were really the 
focus of the event. They were in raids the entire time. Focus the first, second, and third, and then all of them available on the fourth time slot if you needed to catch Nihilego and then any of the other three. And shiny rates were boosted. And there was a special research where you could get Shaman Skyform again. I think that's pretty much the overall basic. So Kyle, how was your experience? How'd it go? It was good. Like it was just an overall good time. I think the one thing I have to say about the whole thing, it was an experiment and the four chunks of two hours is significantly worse than the two sets of one hours each, like drastically worse. Yeah. For a numerous amount of reasons, honestly, but it just didn't feel good to play <laughs> overall. Right. And I feel like the the downsides are kind of obvious and I am struggling to understand what the perceived upside was going to be. You know, I mean, the only upside I can think of from Niantic's perspective is you had to play the whole event. You were there for seven hours. If you wanted to experience everything, you had to play for a minimum of six and a half hours. Yeah. And so like that sounds like a positive probably from a corporate setting, but from everybody else's setting, you know that anybody who couldn't already play the whole time probably is not persuaded to play the whole time because of the restrictions. Yeah, I would agree too on that particular point. The thing that I think, I think is the reason why they didn't go about it was because they had the time gated special research. And so they wouldn't want you to have to wait for the second time that hour comes around in order to trigger it next time, which begs the question, why even have a time gated special research? We haven't done that before. And it didn't serve a particular purpose other than sort of matching the narrative a little bit with what re was telling us. And to be honest, a lot of people don't read it. I mean, myself included during events, I have a tendency to click through them and then I watch like a content creator do it on their YouTube video and I catch up, you know? like, yeah. <laughs> Well, the one standout obviously is that by requiring the, the time to activate, it is another reason for people to have to play the entire time. I know, but I'm not, what I'm saying is I don't think that making people play is as much of a benefit as we might think it is. I think because they're wise to, bad player experiences, especially over the past year and a half. Well, let me ask a question first, because I remember the the text explaining the event. If you did the first, very first mission where we, you know, pulled Professor Willow back out of the wormhole and, yep. you know. He got his new tan. He got, looks good. He got a new tan. He's growing some facial hair. He's, he looks, looks like someone took great. a chisel to his chin. Oh, yeah. You know. He didn't need the help, man. <laughs> uh <laughs> If you did that, the rest of them unlocked as time went on for you. It didn't matter if you did them or not. Right. So the time gaining still doesn't make sense about being worried about something unlocking that you mentioned there, like having to wait for the next hour. It just have it unlocked from the first four hours. And then what I'm saying is, isn't that it's the time unlocking. The time unlocking was because it was tied to the narrative. And I'm saying because they made that choice for it to be over the course of the event, you continue this one story. It wouldn't make sense for the hours to repeat themselves. I mean, yes, but the narrative gets told once either way. Yeah, that's very, thing. very true. If, for example, you ignored the research until five o'clock, you could still have done all four steps. In that five o'clock hour. Six, I think, right? Well, yeah. it was 
four to six, but I'm just I just picked a time during the last two hours. Oh, chunk. got you, got you. I see what you're talking about. Okay, I thought you talking about the number of steps. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. I just it's it feels like they designed the idea of this entire event at the start of the summer and then decided they weren't going to tweak anything by the end, even though they probably had some idea that it may have not been the most enjoyable experience. It's it's possible. I'm still going to hang my my trainer hat on the fact that it's because of the story that they were telling and that it would feel very strange. And but I'm they, here to stay and I'll die on this hill that even even though I want the narrative in this game to be a thing that I want to pay attention to, I want it to be good, you know, and the writing is good if you stop to read it. I'm just not compelled to read it. It I I I want it to to matter, but I'm going to again die on the hill that that shouldn't stop them from making it accessible for people. Yeah. Well, on the point of narrative, you can write the best story in the world. If it's not delivered properly, who cares? And the problem is every single bit of Pokemon Go story, and we're not going to argue about whether it's good or not. That's not relevant. Happens at a time when nobody wants to interact with it. Yeah. If I were to deliver that story every Monday in the form of a single step special research with a block of text, like with Willow talking to me, I'd, I'd probably actually read that every time. But every time I get delivered the information, I'm in the go mode. I'm in the I'm catching. I want to see Pokemon. Yeah. My battery is already at 95%. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's time now, to capital G, capital O. <laughs> that said, kind of hung up on that a little bit. The shiny rates were good. They're what you'd expect. The Pokemon selection was good. For yeah, the most part, yeah. the only lackluster stuff was the three grass starters in the last hour. I still don't understand why those existed, but <laughs> the other spawns made up for it. I'm t- Bulbasaur had poison typing at the very least. It made sense. Yeah, logically, sure, Bulbasaur made sense, but yeah, yeah. The the thing is, is that you know, you and I were were talking some mad trubbish about the last section of time in their spawns prior to it, like with one or two catches uh, on that list. And we were talking about how that like the four to six time period, at least I said this, I'm not sure if you agreed. I think you did where I was like, this is the period where I'm actually hand catching the most. The rest of the time I was pretty much just raiding. (laughs) I had my ball catching, whatever. It was great because I wanted to cherry pick the things that I wanted in particular. And there were some high value wild spawns from four to six. Wasn't all bad. Yeah. I mean, I agree. The The mana yeah. was great. You know, Chansey was also great. That said, now we got to talk about the best part of the finale event. Okay. And this is coming from people who, who spend a significant amount of money. So it is oh, slightly we're, biased. We're talking to the, to the raiders and the grinders out there, particularly yeah. if you're both. <laughs> the raids were great. <laughs> yeah, they were. The, the catch rates were through the roof. If you didn't catch the Pokemon within two balls you probably dropped the balls because yeah. yep. i don't know there was a bright green circle even without a berry and narratively it makes sense but i want that all the time <laughs> i know I, and again they're like it's because you had beast balls right you know but, but uh, like, yeah i want a rage great. just don't make me spend 10 minutes catching the pokemon <laughs> So Kyle showed up, right? We we met up. I think I, I was I was pretty late. I was like 15, 20 minutes late. I had some issues with the traffic. Kyle's train was just natural a little bit late. So he was like maybe 10 minutes. And our poor friend Alex was holding down the meeting point for like 20 minutes without us. <laughs> but I showed up and Kyle's like, so I heard 
that the ultra beasts are actually just like really easy to catch. And I was like, oh no, are we going to restructure our day? And we sure did. Yeah. We pivoted to raids like it was nobody's business. <laughs> yeah. The, our whole day was where's the next raid and then we're going to walk to it. We did a lot of in-person raids. Not very many remotes, although I you know, I probably did like 20, 30 remote raids. But oh, I, was I, did, I did, yeah, about that same too. But I thought well, I'm more really going by the fact that I know I bought poke coins at the start of the day and I have no poke coins now. Mm, so, yeah, as, as poke coins tend to go. <laughs> but I probably did 40 in person raids and 40 in person legendary raids in the amount of time we had is still very impressive. Yeah, I would agree. No, I was just thinking about this when we were talking about the about the special research and the, the actual text being at a time when people don't want to read it. And I can't get this out of my head, so I don't want to forget before we move on. But what if what if there were like some special research steps that you were granted from a ticket purchase? It's still part of your ticket, right? Prior to the event starting two weeks prior for one and then a week prior for the next. And they're both focused about. You like talking about what's going to be happening, some teasing and stuff like that about the story and unlocks and things like that. But also it like provides items that you would need to prepare for said event to help train people get ready for them. Right. And then the event itself can be narrative light because you've already set the stage. You know, I agree. I mean, that's just one of many potential ways to fine tune the storytelling. Yeah. And it may sound kind of silly, but even just a catalog of what happened over your event. Like at the at six o'clock, can I go click a you know Wikipedia tab? It's you know not Wikipedia, obviously, but that yeah. told me, hey, this is the contents of the GoFest finale event. Give me the screens. Take me back to where Willow was talking to me. Let me revisit that one moment mm-hmm. and read the text. I'll do that. On my downtime. But the fact that, like Chris said, we have to go to a third party. I have to go to Silk Road or GoHub or a a YouTube channel to read that. Mm -hmm. That's a big problem and a real easy solution. I got to say, by the way, and you all know who these people are, but like the, the usual Pokemon Go content creator YouTube pool, the videos for the finale event across the board really good (laughs) so if you have ducked out of that pool for a second hop back in and watch those videos because i watched like four today they were exceptional (laughs) all really great so do you think it was a successful event i feel like it's kind of the big question here because okay yeah we we switched to raids and that was great the timers were shorter between each of the raids the hatching was shorter too it was easier to catch and the rate at which they were showing up in raids were fantastic we got a lot of experience mostly from that right so Mm -hmm. what about the rest of it did you think that it felt like an actual go fest event because one of our major complaints you and i from the first one is that it didn't feel like a go fest i think it felt more like a go fest than the first event at the start of the summer yeah i would agree and one of the reasons that i saw brought up and was very telling was the first event, a lot of people complained about the shiny rates because they felt they weren't getting a lot of shinies. But what actually was happening was a lot of the things you were clicking on couldn't be shiny. Just straight up, like 40% of the pool at the start of the summer were not shiny eligible Pokemon. 
and a lot of things had high catch rates, I think, or low catch rates, yeah. if, if I recall. And now for this last event, the pool was like 85% shiny. There was like four Pokemon in the whole event that could not be shiny. And that just yeah. overall increases the value and makes it more exciting to click on everything that you're clicking on. Yep. I agree. There was also tasks this time. Yes. Oh, the unique field research tasks were great. Like they were the rewards weren't amazing, but they were good. They gave the elemental monkeys, which is a good way to try and get more shinies of those because they were only on incense, right? I think. Shaman candy. Oh, they also gave no, they gave they gave Ultra Beast candies based on your hour. I thought there was also shaman candies and the last four to six. I think there were shaman tasks. Oh, okay. I was I didn't No, I got Nahalego candy from those. Maybe there were shaman out there, but I, I got Nahalego. <laughs> I don't remember. I mean well, actually I I do remember I I remember thinking, wow, I got three shaman candy from this or something like that. Okay. Is is the candy icon still bugged? Did I that I missed? I don't it? think so. I'm pretty sure they fixed uh, it in between okay. that the first go fest and this one. <laughs> Gosh, I hope so. I really do. Oh, I also before we move on from this topic, we have to bring up the fact that the hour after the event was done, there was a complete hour of just Lunatone and Soul Rock. Sort of like a sun and moon celebratory mm-hmm. sort of thing. And it's very cool considering the theme of our new season that's starting in a couple of days here on the first. We have an entire news item about that, so I won't spoil it. But it was cool. Did enjoy that. Want to tell everybody what you got yeah. during the final, that Lunatone Soul Rock hour yeah. or whatever. So one of, one of my main focuses when I play Pokemon Go is 100% IV Pokemon because that's what I'm doing for my my hundo decks my hundex now and i didn't get any hundos during the entire go fest event but arceus saw fit to grant me a hundo lunatone and a hundo soul rock both <laughs> caught off of my auto catcher my, my pokeball plus on the way home <laughs> so hey that's all right yeah uh, we're cool with that and to piggyback on that one one of my favorite catches of the whole event was a hatch not a catch was a 100% Rowlet. So I'm really, really happy about that. Imagine if you had hatched more than 10 eggs. No. You know, if okay. somebody wants to sponsor me to hatch more eggs, I will do it. Sponsor you to hatch more. <laughs> we'll get Eggland up in here. All right, yeah. <laughs> we need we need a, a farming influencer in the Pokemon space. That's what we need. Yeah, oh my God. Cool. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, but yeah, it was... Um, I would probably say uh, an eight and a half out of 10. Uh, nothing will ever get close. Okay. Actually, I got to take this back. I think it's like a seven and a half or an eight out of 10. I was, yeah, and I was going to say seven and a half. Yeah. I'm going to reserve my true eights and nines for in-person events because nothing comes close, but for a global remote event, it was pretty good. Okay. Let's move on to the rest of the news here. We hope you all had a wonderful finale event. Lots of shinies, all that good stuff. Minimal sunburn. You know how it goes. The next news item is limited research featuring Inkay trainers as we dust off our crystal balls for the psychic spectacular event. We're kicking things off with a celebration of a certain psychic type Pokemon and what better Pokemon to celebrate than Inkay who made its debut at last year's psychic spectacular. In addition, for the first time in Pokemon Go, you'll be able to encounter shiny Inkay if you're lucky. So when is this? It's this Saturday, September 3rd, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. local time. Field research tasks leading to encounters with Inkay will be available when you spin photo discs at photo stops. Also, for the first time in Pokemon Go, 
you'll be able to encounter the shiny Inkay if you're lucky. Bonuses include two times candy for catching Pokemon, which is going to be great because, you know, you need a fair amount for Inkay and Inkay is kind of rare. So this will be good if you only have a limited amount of time to play. And the other bonus is increased chance of encountering shiny Inkay. So get your two. Get the two you need in this event so you don't have to think about it ever again. <laughs> Wild encounters during this event include Alolan Rattata, Murkrow, Houndour, Poochiena, Nuzleaf, Sableye, Purloin, and Galarian Zigzagoon. Back for a victory lap, I guess. <laughs> all right. So what do you think, Kyle? Are you excited? I, I mean, I know that you like Inkay. We all kind of like Inkay. Very cool Pokemon. First, I need to say Galarian Zigzagoon back again as a lucky encounter. This is only if you're lucky oh, yeah. do you find one. That's, That's right. very That's funny. Rare. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Inkay. So I'm real excited. I want the shiny. It's just I'm a I'm a big fan of this Pokemon. So is the shiny good? Do you have it pulled up? Yeah, it's uh it's like yellow. Okay. Uh, I don't remember exactly the details, but I will check. Gotcha. Yeah, I haven't taken a look yet. I'll need to do that. But uh, I intend to do this event, try to get as many as possible in. Uh, I got to figure out a place to play where there's lots of stops and lots of tasks mm-hmm. ready to go. Are you going to are you going to do this as well, Kyle? It's on your day off. Yep. So I'll be there. I'll be there. I'm going to be at my local uh, community day spot because I know there's at least like 30 stops there. And then I have somewhere else I can go to get more if I need to. For the 30, are you also including the walk across the bridge to like the playgrounds and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah, I would say about 30. Yeah. It Also, it's shiny. It's kind of brown. So that doesn't sound nice out loud, but looking at it, it still looks good. <laughs> I mean, Venipede is also brown, and that's a good one. Yes. So, so I mean, I'm, I'm for it. I cool. think that the two times for catching is a it's a silly bonus because Inke only needs 50 to evolve. Yeah. But like, that's it. It's, it's just a bonus to have there and it'll be nice for like the Sableye that are spawning. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the things that are spawning in the wild are, are shiny, shiny chance a bull. The only one that isn't is Purloin and I think Nuzleaf. Yeah. Nuzleaf can't be shiny yet, but nobody cares about that. I'm just saying, hey, you know, the rest of them can be. So that that is nice. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Cool. So there's that. I'm excited for it. Kyle is too. We hope you are as well. So good luck this weekend with that research event. Okay, this is the big piece of news here. Welcome to the season of light. Well, Kyle and I just recently got back into playing Destiny 2. So this is really resonating in a way that I wasn't (laughs) expecting. (laughs) But uh, they start off with meet the nebula Pokemon Cosmog. Professor Willow has returned, and he's discovered a mysterious Pokemon. Throughout the Season of Light, you'll be able to adventure and bond with the legendary Pokemon, Cosmog. Let's learn about this child of the stars. Oh, so cute. <laughs> if you don't know who Cosmog is, Cosmog is a, a narrative device Pokemon from the Sun and Moon series that, like, your companion, but who isn't your rival, but kind of is your rival, Lily, carries around in a knapsack and does haphazard, funny NPC things. It's great. Season of Light special research available to claim from Thursday, September 1st at 10 a.m. to Thursday, December 1st at 9.59 a.m. local time. New parts of the special research will unlock over the course of the season. So make sure to keep an eye on your research tab. If you don't, 
It'll make sure you pay attention to it. So don't you worry. Mm -hmm. Nebula sky. Keep an eye on the horizon. Galaxy skies will be showing up periodically during the season. This is a little bit difficult to describe, but it's like a blue and purple sort of like universe looking texture. Kyle, help me out here. You, You actually have a degree in something closer to this than I do. I mean, it looks like a like a galaxy or a nebula. It's like purple clouds on top of stars. Purple, blue, I suppose. It looks really good. It does. It, it's <laughs> yeah. very nice. Additionally, themed avatar items. Look out for avatar items inspired by Cosmog coming to the in-person shop soon. It is kind of a disturbing looking hat it's we're seeing ab- here. It's absurd. Yeah. It's like the if way- Cosmog was a Teletubby. The way the image shows up, it looks like you put the avatar's face like on a sticker on top of this. On top yeah, of a little bit. Hat. Yeah, that's kind very of strange. Oh, my gosh. It, know, it, it, looks, kinda... it looks neat, but like, I don't know. There's nothing else in the game fits it, which is why it's kind of weird. It's giving me Oompa Loompa vibes, dude. <laughs> a little bit. You know how they all have like those really weird like uh, haircuts and stuff. It's kind of like that. I. I feel like this is going to be a piece of clothing that's going to bug out with other stuff very easily. Okay, you can't you can't bring a bug out so close to it ending, okay? I have a whole year to wait, so don't say that. <laughs> All right, themed stickers. You'll be able to get season-themed stickers by spending Pokestops, opening gifts, and purchasing them from the in-game shop. You know, the usual stuff. And I actually shared some photos in our notes this time. I normally don't do this, but the stickers for the uh, fall season, more or less because they all are kind of like inexcusably fall themed <laughs> and they look really good. There's a Trevenant with some, with some leaves. There's a Teddy Ursa with, it looks like a pot of honey. Got some Winnie the Pooh vibes. It looks like there's a Vulpix sleeping, a squo. It looks great. They look not, really nice. I'm not seeing any pumpkin spice lattes in these stickers. Me neither. I also don't see a pumpkaboo anywhere. Yeah, I know. I'm, What's I'm happening here? Goodness, there me. is Trevenant though, so like they got at least one of the sort of fall themed ghost Pokemon. They're like, we need a tree. What about the the one that's a tree? <laughs> Bring it in. Okay, cool. <laughs> Seasonal bonuses: increased damage for Pokemon participating in raids remotely. This has not gone away. Guaranteed gifts from Pokestop spins. That's always a great bonus for a lot of people. Increased incense effectiveness while moving. Up to two free raid passes per day by spinning gym photo discs. Additional items from research breakthroughs. Increased Stardust reward for research breakthroughs. And extra Stardust from gifts. A couple of notable things here. Additional items and Stardust reward for research breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. You might be thinking, oh, wow, that's a lot of value. Well, I, I got to say, there is a distinct lack of a weekly bundle mentioned in this overall copy. We haven't gotten there yet, but we've read it and it's not there. So it kind of seems like they're just putting those there instead of yeah. you know bundle. Like they just moved the value somewhere else. Also, we've had increased Stardust from research breakthroughs as a previous season's reward, and it's bad. It is a bad bonus. What is it like 2000 extra Stardust? Yeah, I think the last time they did it, the total was 5000 for the week, which is, it's basically nothing. Yeah, I mean, well, we were getting zero Stardust. Well, I was about to say we were getting zero Stardust in the weekly bundle, but we, we had both at one point in time. So, But no, this is this is like in place of 5000 experience from a raid or guaranteed XL candy from trading. This is a seasonal bonus mm-hmm. that we have instead. And this is a 
it's a bad bonus. We've and we've had it before. So like they know it's a bad bonus. But how do you feel about the extra stardust from gifts? What do you think that's gonna be? It could be great, but it, it also could be meaningless. So I that one I gotta wait to see. If we've had it before, I didn't pay enough attention to gifts. So I don't think we've we've had it, but there's a few different ways they could do it. They could either increase the value of the Stardust bundle when it does drop, or they could guarantee that one of your bundles is a Stardust drop, or they could give you an additional bundle every time, which is a guaranteed Stardust drop. I, that I would no be idea. that one. The last one would be the best feeling for sure. I think so too. Because then you could get a normal one. You can get your normal bundle of Stardust, and it doesn't like take the place of Pokeballs if you need it. Yeah. You know? If like every gift is 300 guaranteed stardust that yeah. wouldn't be absurd open all of your gifts every day it's not that much stardust i don't know i feel like it's going to be like one of your three bundles is always 100 stardust yeah. and i'll be like well this is terrible but <laughs> we'll wait and see wait and see you know one of these things on this list that really bothers me to see is the increased incense effectiveness while moving and all of my feelings or are i suppose feelings about that whole topic aside the fact that it's on this list implies that it is temporary. Yeah, well, uh, it is. But they've mentioned this in the past that the bonus currently is if you're moving full speed, you get a spawn every, what is it, 40 seconds, something like that. Yeah. That was not how it used to be. If you go back 2019, it was a spawn a minute at full mm-hmm. speed. So, like, it's, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> I, okay, I'm well, I'm fully in agreement with you for sure. I'm yeah, just, just not surprised. It's alarming. It's alarming to me. I just haven't really noticed it until now. I was like, oh man. So, it has been written as a season bonus every season. Wild. So. Well, there's that. Well, hopefully the research breakthrough is good. It's Metacham. <laughs> <laughs> but might I remind you, they are also oh. including more items in the research breakthrough. We don't know what they are, but I hope you enjoy your Sinnoh stone. <laughs> oh God. I swear though. <laughs> Meta champs just it's a bad. That's a bad bonus. It's not a bad bonus. It's a bad bonus. You can use a high IV one for leagues, like actually competitive leagues. Only if you don't make it XL. Yeah, you know, but who who's gonna do that? Who actually I mean, excels like XL, people? XL Meta Chan is is very I was very high ranking. Incredibly meta. Yeah. I don't know what IV spread it needs, but I'm checking real quick as I as I talk. So oh 41514 is is uh number one. 41514? Sorry, 51515. So Okay, 51515. All right. Can't get that from a research breakthrough. No, you you sure can't, now can you? Mm Mm-mm. Oh well, at least it's evolved to get more stardust from it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, there's that. <laughs> Spotlight hours, which are every Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. local time. September 6th, this first one is going to be Muna with two times Stardust for catching Pokemon. September 13th is Ralts with two times experience for catching Pokemon. September 20th, you'll see more air on than you've ever wanted to see with two times candy for catching Pokemon. And September 27th, here's your chance for those of you that missed that research event a long time ago, like two or three years ago. Almost longer than that, wasn't it? Minchino with two times candy for transferring Pokemon. You'll want to get out for Minchino hour because the shiny is pink and it's spectacular. You'll love it. I'm noticing a distinct lack of evolution experience bonus. Oh, that's a shame, Kyle. Sorry, buddy. Um, that's upset. okay for mana just get good at catching that's stardust yeah, for, get that's good stardust. at catching it's for waltz, waltz. <laughs> but that requires me to like actually go out and around for stuff and we record 
right after the spotlight hour is over. So I need to. That's be true. Yeah, but you can go oot in a boot for 45 minutes and just come home. Yeah, but that doesn't sound very enjoyable because I also usually write my notes in that five to six o'clock hour. <laughs> you sure do. You sure do. All right. You mean six to seven hour? Well, depends on the day. Today I did it Kinda at five because I had to, I had to pay attention for evolve evolution. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, what about raids? Raids uh, from the for the first week from September 1st to the 13th. You're going to see the Deoxys Suite. That's normal attack, defense, and speed form. Uh, uh, this is this is good for a lot of people that haven't done this before. And defense Deoxys is great for a lot of PvP players to farm for candy and things like that. Yeah, with all five of four of them in raids. Yeah, let's go. It'll be good. The good thing is, is that they all use the same candy. So, yeah. yep. This if you have good. a defense form you need candy for, just raid them all. Be your favorite person in your Discord. <laughs> just join every rate. <laughs> September 13th through the 27th is a old fashioned triple question mark. No idea what's going on there. <clears throat> hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, my my guess is I'll, I'm going to say one of them. You can say the other. Okay. Okay. Lunala. Sol Galeo. Oh, yeah. Marco Polo of the, of the Alola region. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm really hoping. hopeful. Hopeful. We don't actually know, but it just it makes so much sense. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it just it thematically fits so well that anything else will just inherently be a disappointment. Yeah. Yep. From September 27th to October 8th, though, we know that we will have Eveltal. So that's pretty cool. In Mega Raids. September 1st through the 6th is Mega Ampharos. Then from the 6th to the 16th, we don't know. From the 16th to the 27th, we still don't know. Uh, but the 27th to the 8th, it's Mega Lopany. The light at the end of the tunnel there for you, DeFi. Mega Lopany. There you go. Raid hours, which are every Wednesday from 6 to 7 p.m. local time. September 7th is all Deoxys forms. September 14th is a mystery. So is the 21st, although it's... Safe bet that it's whatever our mystery raid bosses for those weeks. And then the September 28th raid hour is Eveltal as well. Any excitement for any of those, Kyle, outside of the mystery ones? It's kind well, of common fare for the rest of it. So I really like Eveltal's shiny. Mm -hmm. So Bacon Bird, let's go. I would like to get a shiny Eveltal while it's in raids for sure. Okay. All right. All right, well, how about some spawns here? We've got oh, no. some wild spawn shakeups. And of course, we've made this list truncated. Otherwise, we would be here until next Tuesday evening. So in cities, you can expect to see some Machop, Magnemite, Litwick, and much, much more. In forests, Pineco, Plant, Cloak, Burmy, Hisui, and Voltorb, and more. Mountains, Snorlax, Sneasel, Dino, and more. Beach and water, you can encounter Staryu, Mantine, Phoebus, and more. In the Northern Hemisphere, you'll see the likes of Scyther, Dratini, Shroomish, and more. And honorable mention, Cyndaquil is on that list. Let's go. <laughs> Southern Hemisphere is going to be seen Paris, Chansey, Bagon, and more. I'm a little jealous of the Paris and the Chansey in the Southern Hemisphere. Gotta say. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a, a shame there. I would like to see Chanseys. But uh, I'm liking the star you being front and center in the beach and water. Yeah, yeah. In eggs, my favorite topic, two-kilometer eggs, Pichu, Cleffa, Mana, Fomantis, Swimpod, and more. I'm going to be hatching a lot of Mana. I, I bet you that's where I get my shiny from. It's going to be the 2K eggs. Oh, I'm, so I'm saying it now. <laughs> Five kilometers, Tyrogue, Elekid, Magmi, Miltank, and more. Ten kilometers, 
Tirtuga, Archon, Noibat, Rockruff, Jangmoo, and more. In the five kilometer Adventure Sink Eggs, and this is a definitive list, there's no and more. Kranidos, Shield On, Happening, Munchlax, Carablast, and Shellman. The 10 kilometer Adventure Sink Eggs will have Dratini, Bagon, Beldum, Gibble, Riolu, and Gumi. It's a nice, nice pool. Now, Kyle, I have to ask you because I'm under law. I have an obligation. How do you feel about these egg pools? I know you don't care for eggs. So if any of them actually st- like stand out to you, that's that's a good sign. No. Bad sign. Where's the 7K shakeup? 7K shakeup is the event egg pool, dude. <laughs> that's not. No, that's not good enough. No, that's just what it is. It's the event no. egg pool. No. But what what event? Oh, I'm just I'm just saying they outline every other eggs and they just leave the seven K's and they mess with them for events. But they ha- the seven K's have a static pool that then gets shifted, but then shifts back. So it still has a pool that can yeah, have but a they're shake not up. changing from the base, which is why they don't bring them up, which it should change. The base is bad right now. I would agree. I would agree. That said, I, there's nothing here that's like, I'm going to go hatch eggs. Definitely okay. nothing making me hatch eggs unless there's an event right now. Those two kilometer manas, man. I am I'm looking. I got at that. my That's... one shiny, and I will never care about mana again. Oh man, don't you want uh, Musharna though? I mean, I'll take it if I get one, but no, I'm not. Okay. I'm definitely not hunting for one. When I'm showing up to our next like in person hangout with like 15 shiny mana from two kilometer eggs, you're gonna take one? Probably, but I definitely yeah. won't give you another shiny unknown for it. So why not? Because I've already made the bad trade once. So I gave and, you something you needed. Yes, but that doesn't mean it was of equal value. No, absolutely not. No, not not for, even close. For everyone out there, Chris does not have a shiny unknown yet, and so I gave him. No, I do. One of, I, I have one. I had one. Yes. I have two. Yes, I gave him one of the ones I had duplicates for, and he gave me a shiny Bidoof that I did not get from the Bidoof weekend that we had. So it might be the worst trade deal in the history of trade deals, but it's okay. <laughs> shiny, but do fresh shiny unknown L though. He said between an L and a, what was it? An, an M? What was the other one? Uh, R. No, not M. R. You said between an L and R. What do you want? I'm like, bro, give me the L. He's like, I'll give me the L. <laughs> <laughs> it was a moment. It was a moment. Uh, but really quick to just sort of wrap up this season of light thing. The last thing is this sort of list of events here. The first one on the third, we already know about it. It's the NK limited research event from September 6th to the 12th. We don't have details for this yet, but it will be the psychic spectacular on September 10th is something that's happening. And I think is going to be really, really interesting. It's the Clefairy commotion events. Again, not full details. But what we do know is that it will be from six to 9 PM local time, which is like pretty cool. Cause that's a new time slot. Mm-hmm. We haven't really seen before. Um, and Clefairy is kind of like a nighttime-ish Pokemon, the moon, the stars, all that stuff. So having it be sort of like late afternoon, early evening makes a lot of sense. On September 11th, you'll see Deoxys Raid Day. On September 16th through the 21st is an event called Test Your Metal, which we also don't have details for. But Kyle, <laughs> it's safe bet that it's GBL related, right? I mean, sounds like it. It could be. Other speculations I've seen would be a uh, release Steel of type a new event. Mega. Oh, at that time, because we've we've had some potential information about a couple of megas, one of which could fit there. So, but what if it's just a steel type event? I mean, that'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, Steel's but they cool. would have they would have spelled metal like metal like M T A L. Yeah, 
darn. Come on, guys. That would have no, been great. That, but maybe that would have given it away too much. And so they decide oh. we're going to go literal this time. Maybe. And maybe it is spelled the other way, but it won't be until we get the blog post. Oh, that'd be so good. Oh, my God. That'd be really funny. <laughs> yeah. All right. Niantic, we're in favor of that type of uh, chicanery. That's great. <laughs> On September 18th, the September Community Day. We don't know what it is yet still. September 23rd through the 25th is Safari Zone in Goyang. Uh, I believe that that's in South Korea, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then September 27th through October 3rd is Fashion Week. Uh, you know, we don't have any details for it, but again, some speculation would be you're probably going to see a new fur fru form or some sort of shakeup with them and yeah. some fun costume Pokemon. They've knocked this event out of the park in the past. They've had like a Krogunk with a backwards hat on or something oh, like that. So good. It was really good. Yeah. Or that might have been for a different event. I don't recall. But uh, look, all I know is some of those forms may already be out there right now. But but the forms were so good that I wouldn't mind seeing them again. No, no, no. The forms for that upcoming event might might already be uh, floating around the Internet right now. Oh, are they? Oh, yeah. I, I never go on the Internet, so I haven't seen them, Kyle. <laughs> and that's it for news Kyle can you believe it it's been almost an entire podcast of just news <laughs> that's our show so that's it for the news though that was a lot of information again we'll have links to everything in the show notes if you want to go review them and you're like wow I zoned out because Chris was just reading some stuff you can go back <laughs> and review it yourself I will warn you though there's a new calendar view in it's that bad. blog post and <laughs> yeah Kyle said it's bad I think personally it's a step back in design from the nice, beautiful blocks we had before. But it's almost an insult. <laughs> oh, wow. It's like, it's like it's here, you have, to do, you have to do more work now. I, I guess. It, what it should be, and DeFi pointed this out when I was airing my grievance about it in Discord, was that it should be in the app and not be in the blog post. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Okay. Well, anyway, that's enough for news. We're going to pass it over to Kyle for some gear up. So this week on Gear Up, we're going to be talking about double kicking the competition away. Now, this is a little bit of a spoiler because we didn't talk about any of the GBL update because Fish and DeFi are going to cover that a little bit later. But double kick is more than just PvP, potentially. Now, there's a big list of who can get it or who is getting it in the GBL blog that I'm not going to go over because it doesn't have the one that I actually want to talk about, which is kind of sad. But Terrakian and the other Swords of Justice can get double kick. Now, double kick is kind of a here. Anybody can have it. It doesn't really matter about being fighting type or not. It's the not fighting type, fighting type move. Like, like Nidoran, for example. Yeah, yeah really Nidoran. Literally anything can get this move, except a lot of fighting type Pokemon, <laughs> surprisingly. Yes. It, also, it doesn't even need to have feet in order to have double kick, by the <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. But like, just for some thoughts, I believe Machamp. Lucario, Conkeldur, none of them can actually learn double kick, which is very funny. But they're all focused on their hands anyways. But Terrakian and double kick. Double kick, from what we've seen, it's basically counter. It's slightly different from counter because it has higher energy generation, I believe. So it's a real powerhouse potential of a move. If Terrakian gets it, Assuming that the list they gave in the other article is focused on PvP and is missing some others. This is fingers crossed, but it's not likely. But it's a future thing then. 
it's going to destroy the fighting type arena as we know it. And we never actually thought that we would see that. And it goes to show all it takes is one move. DeFi. DeFi says that. <laughs> one move away from being super viable. Is, is it a DeFi-ism or is it a DeFi-ism? 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 I mean, I feel like if that's the case, you got to say DeFi-ism. DeFi-ism. I don't, I don't, I don't know. None of these I don't sound think good any of me. these work even a little bit. Anyway, DeFi says that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. DeFi says that regularly. Um, but with Double Kick and Sacred Sword, Terrakian crushes everything, including Shadow Machamp. Usually in these lists, I'm like, no shadows, no megas, nothing. It beats everything that's not mega Lucario, um, and two other fighting type megas, Mega Mega Machamp, and I can't remember the third one. Wait, there's no Mega Machamp. It's a Dynamax Machamp. I'm remembering. Yeah, it's a Gigantamax Machamp, actually. Yeah. There's three that beat it. They're not up. For some comparisons, with Double Kick and Sacred Sword, Taraki would have 19.4 DPS compared to Lucario's 18.6. But... Tracking would have 624 TDO compared to Lucario's 384. Oof, so, oof, like as oof. you would expect, Tracking a legendary. It's got a, it's got a lot of bulk. It's got a lot of. How bulk. many C's though, Kyle? I mean, how many? Pro- probably like maybe three. He's not like the tankiest thing, but compared to Lucario, who like maybe has half a C. <laughs> half a C. <laughs> <laughs> So, in terms of DPS, a Shadow Machamp is actually better, but Shadow Machamp is, as expected, made of tissue paper. So, the TDO would more than make it valuable. You got to hope that your three auto attacks take him out, otherwise, you're in hot water. (laughs) That said, all of that said, what's the conclusion? Well, first off, don't get rid of all of your other fighting types for three reasons. One, we don't know if it's going to get double kick. It probably won't until they decide to do it for an event. But it could be a big deal, so hang out of the Terrakian. Two, Terrakian is legendary. It's a lot harder to get Terrakian than it is to get him a champ or even Conkelder or Lucario. And three, Sacred Sword is legacy, so you either need another event or you need an Elite TM to get it on a Terrakian if you don't already have it. So... There's a lot of ifs on Terrakin being amazing, but he could be amazing. The cow slash bull could be amazing. I still don't like this Pokemon. You know, <laughs> I still I think like Terrakin just looks like a cow with a with a goofy face. <laughs> oh, I kind of I kind of like Terrakin. It's arguably my favorite sword of justice. I was about to say out of the three main swords of justice. Sorry, Caldeo, you're not in the room yet. I think it's my least favorite. Really. I like Cobalion quite a bit. Oh, he's but Terrakian is so much better than Verizian. No, Verizian is really cool. I love Verizian. Okay, well we're gonna we're gonna move on because that's <laughs> the end of gear up there. But I like Terrakian more than the other three, and it'd be kind of neat if it was actually usable outside of yeah. rock types that are already very crowded as well. It sure would, and it wouldn't even break very meta PvP metas because uh, you know Terrakian is barred from participating most of the time. Uh, but having 
fighting like a fighting type fast move on that character would be kind of crazy in pvp don't you think when that actually matters rather yeah but i'm i'm actually interested to hear what fish and defy have to say about double kick on pokemon that are not obvious fighters so yeah no that'd be really really cool also uh nihilego with poison jab oh <laughs> Spoilers. sorry sorry i'm just all right all right mr kyle thank you very much for that gear up section we're going to do pokalore next and in anticipation of something that we think is probably going to happen we're going to be doing lunala this week the moon pokemon but it's not just m-o-o-n it's m-o-o-n-e and i have no idea what that means i i I don't either (laughs) moon it's just a, a real Wait, we're gonna soft. we're gonna find out right now okay all right let me read uh, the first line first okay you ready oh no lunala is a large pokemon resembling a skeletal legless bat <laughs> all right what's a moon with an e kyle <laughs> it's nothing you just did you type in moon with an e versus moon i just typed in moon with just m-o-o-n-e and the first thing that comes up is Wiktionary saying an alternate form of moon. <laughs> Obsolete spelling of moon. As in, yeah, sure is. That's it. And then also a small town in Ireland. Uh, whatever. <laughs> cool. That's cool. It's probably pronounced differently, I would assume. But very cool. Anyway, resembling a skeletal legless bat. It has a short snout, dark pink eyes with white centers and a deep blue area on its upper head that shows a constantly changing starscape. A rigid raised hood wraps around its head in a crescent shape and drapes around its neck as well. The outside of the hood is yellow while the inner part that curves around Lunala's head is white with deep blue streaks. Its torso resembles a rib cage with a slightly curved spike on each shoulder and three spikes extending from the bottom towards its tail. Its massive wings resemble a bat's wings with the skeleton exposed, except that Lunala's wings have a total of seven, quote, finger bones, end quote, <laughs> four running through each wing, one running <laughs> along the edge to the outermost tip and two pointing upwards that may act as claws that are more functional. This is very biological. I like this one. The four bones in Lunala's wings are only visible in segments. The skin of Lunala's wings are an iridescent deep blue, and a light blue light source appears to glow from behind its ribcage. A large pale yellow crescent connects the outermost tip of each wing to the next two inner tips, and the remaining two innermost tips are adorned by yellow four-pointed stars. The bottom of Lunala's tail is also lined by a yellow crescent with a ridge running up the middle of the tail towards the ribcage. And that's it for the physical description. Now, this Pokemon is beautiful. I love Lunala. Kyle, you like Lunala's design. It's a very metal Pokemon, dude. I, I love Lunala. Huge fan. Huge yeah, fan. It's a good, good Pokemon. Known as the beast that calls the moon, Lunala has long been honored as an emissary of the moon. This Pokemon constantly absorbs light to convert into energy and can obscure daylight with darkness. When it spreads its wings to absorb light and glitters, it resembles a beautiful night sky. It is said to live in another world, which it returns to when it opens its third eye. Lunala can create ultra wormholes to travel to and from ultra space. Lunala and its counterpart, Solgaleo, can create Cosmog, which it is said to be the female evolution of. 
It can also influence a rock rough's evolution into lichen rock's midnight form with lunar energy. You literally you're about to say something, Kyle. What Interesting. Is it? Well, it specifies female evolution of, so I'm like, hold on a second, and I went to go to the page. But Lunala does not have a gender, so it I doesn't. Was, no, it's like a it's like a mythical, like local sort of thing. Yeah, so I was I was very confused for a second because I think the only legendary with a gender is Heatran. I I believe that's the so case. There, there's yeah. one legendary that has a gender. I just don't remember which one it is. It is Heatran. Heatran has yeah. a Heatran has a gender. Yeah, because there's multiple Heatran. Um, the thing though with this, I think, is not necessarily that it's giving it a gender. I think it's more of like a play on the whole like historically when you have sun and moon gods the moon god is almost always feminine and the sun god is almost always masculine from a historical yeah i was perspective. Just, i was excited because it said the two legendaries were able to make the pre-evolution i was like oh that's really cool but no they're not oh. that cool no <laughs> just close yeah. <laughs> all right stats max cp and by the way these are stats that we don't like i mean like we know but we, like we don't know it's not in the game yet so these are all subject to change Max CP at 40 is 4035, and at 50 is 4562. That's an impressive, uh, impressive CP. 263 stamina, 191 defense, and 255 attack. It's got some good stats. Best move set. We're not really entirely sure, but Kyle has done a nice job of compiling a list of potential moves for me because my answer of now nah, we don't know yet wasn't good enough for him. So potential fast moves are Shadow Claw, Confusion, Psycho Cut, and Hex. And for charge moves, you're looking at Shadow Ball, Psy Shock, Psychic, Future Sight, and then its signature move, Moongeist Beam. That's never happening, but it's also worth putting on the list. So Yeah, I mean, we haven't even seen Precipice Blades. So Or Origin Pulse. <laughs> or Origin Pulse. Or Dragon Ascent. Or <laughs> any a lot of signature other things. move of any of the legendaries that we're waiting well, on. Well, no, that's not necessarily true. I mean, we've gotten Psy Strike, right? So... Yeah, well, I meant, I guess I meant from Gen 3 onward, because we have got Aeroblast and Sacred Fire now. That's but true. That took forever. We do have those. You know, this Pokemon has a lot of potential. It has a psychic and, uh, go. sorry, it's Ghost Psychic typing. Ghost is first. Mm -hmm. So it, it could be really, really interesting. It also, like, puts us in this great spot where against the, the, the majority of psychic attackers, it resists their psychic attacks and deals extra dam damage with Ghost. Mm -hmm. so. yeah uh worth noting this list is like the good scenario there are some really bad moves it could also get but i like to not think about that <laughs> until it happens and in the best case scenario in my mind if it gets shadow claw shadow ball it will be the best ghost type in the game by far better than giratina origins wow so Dang. fingers crossed I'm Giratino. I'm really hoping here. Taking it back seat. My goodness. Okay, well that's it for the Poke Lore. Let's head on over to the Poke Poll. So last week's Poke Poll was which Pokemon do you think would make the best babysitter and why? Our first response was from Kin. They said, after watching the Sun and Moon anime, I would say Clefable is a good alternative to Chansey slash Blissey. Have you watched the Sun and Moon anime? Is there, is there I've a, watched a few episodes of it. I need to I need to know the, the subcontext here about what did Clefable do in the anime? I don't know, but it is friend-shaped, so. <laughs> I'll have to look it up later. Mm -hmm. Our next response is from Stax33, and they said, Guzzlord. I will not be providing any more reasoning. Perfect. Uh, 
ominous also i love guzzlord oh my god i feel like if if the kids aren't scared by it, it they would have a good time yeah it's gonna be playing on all its arms mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. next one's from clifton b they said haunter i just remember ash's haunter goofing around making silly faces etc if the kid doesn't want to go down for their nap haunter can just use hypnosis on them and put them to sleep that's true let's go <laughs> And when they're jumping around, when they're jumping around too much, you can just use lick and paralyze them. So (laughs) that's right. They can't get into trouble if they can't move. Next one's from Modders. And he said, hello, gents. It's Halucha for me. His parental tendencies came to light in the animated series when he'd break out of his Pokeball to either save, intervene or educate Noibat in times of trouble and strife. He even taught the little guy how to fly. Halucha is one of my all-time faves, and I can't wait for him to premiere and go. To be honest, I've got three kids and wouldn't care what Pokemon looked after my kids as long as me and the missus got to go out to the pub. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Also, that description of Halucha makes me want to watch the anime just for those moments. That sounds pretty great. Yeah, there I mean, there are slow moments in that in the anime, but there are some episodes that are just fantastic in just about every season. Are they all still on Netflix? I don't remember. No, they're not. Not all of them. Mm. Well, if they're not all on there, I'm not going to watch it. So I believe it's through the Orange Island series. That's, that's when nothing. I watched it last. That's that's, a, that's barely anything. That's like the first two seasons. and That's it. <laughs> I'll have to take a look after this. I feel like this. They got to exist somewhere. I hope so. Our next response is from Tim Rap. They said, well, it has to be Jigglypuff. All it takes is a few verses of that soothing lullaby and your pet infant or grandparent will be out like a light. The only downside is the chance of them having some spiteful face markings upon waking up. <laughs> I'm liking all of the, the sing and the hypnosis. It's a, it's a good response. I'm also just loving all of the anime references. Yes. Mm-hmm. Next one's from Nine Thistles. And they said... <laughs> I do not have children, so I'm going for the best pet sitter mon, which I'm going to say is Lucario, at least for dogs. One, it's probably going to go on multiple walks, less jogs a day. Two, it has enough energy to play fetch and or tug of war for hours. And three, imagine Lucario getting the zoomies. Oh, my God. <laughs> you can see Lucario get the zoomies uh, in go and it follows you and it falls too far behind. They just like oh my Naruto God. runs, dude. It's great. <laughs> Love it. You mean he doesn't automatically assume the jet pose like Genesect? Zoom right next to you. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Our next response is from Barry Cherry, and they said, I've put a lot of thought into this, and I'm going to say Growlithe. I remember in the anime that James had a Growlithe growing up, and it was his best friend. I have a Staffordshire Bull Terrier rescue dog, and they are known as the Nanny Dogs. They were bred to protect children, and the Victorians kept them in the nursery with the children. Growlithe gives me nanny dog vibes. I could watch over the babies, and when the children grow up, it would be a perfect companion. Plus, Growlithe looks like it has soft, fluffy fur, so it would be like having a teddy bear to cuddle with. I agree so fully. Growlithe is definitely like on my top list of, of animal Pokemon companions, for sure. Oh, yeah. The puppy Pokemon. And then they're like the partner Pokemon for most police officers. Yep. They're just the like good Pokemon. 
they're like the good boy Pokemon before. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the puppy mm-hmm. Pokemon, but yeah. Arcanine is the legendary Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't, Weird. they weren't thinking very much in gen one. Let's be honest. No, not at all. Might as well just made it another stag beetle Pokemon and called it a day. <laughs> Our next response is from JSTEP89 via Spotify. They said, Snorlax, because come on, what better nap companion can you get? Can double as a beanbag chair. True. <laughs> that just, it gives me the visual of when you use Snorlax as your mount in Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, and you're just hugging the Snorlax <laughs> as the Snorlax yeah. runs everywhere. You have like handfuls of tufts of its fur. Yeah, like you you're not even on you're not even on its back. You're on its front. Yeah. It's, it's too well, funny. On a Snorlax, the back is a very hazardous place to be. I mean, you're right. Yeah. But, like, you could be on the shoulders. I don't know. It's just the front. Yeah, it could be on, on its shoulders. <laughs> I feel like you would have a – it's a problem because if it falls on its back, like, it's going to take a nap because that's the problem with Snorlaxes, right? They might just do that, whatever. If you're on the stomach, at least you land on top of it and you're just like, oh, I guess I'm also taking a nap. <laughs> Oh, geez. Our last response is from Sam, from also from Spotify. Ditto is a cheap answer. Transforms into a perfect babysitter. So what do you think? You think it would turn into, uh, I must say, Mary Poppins. <laughs> Mary Poppins? You think Mary Poppins is the perfect babysitter? Now, yeah. I guess that it depends yeah. on which perspective you're taking that from. Because if I was from the parent, even though those kids, you know, they figured out a lot of trauma, they figured out their identities, you know, a lot of healing going on in that movie or movies rather. I would say from a parental perspective, it's a little risky. <laughs> All the children were perfectly safe. Yeah, I don't know, man. Those cartoon penguins, they look like they were, you know, they were packing some heat. I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. And you can throw a penguin pretty far, man. They don't fly, I, but they're aerodynamic. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I did play that Flash game once a long time ago, but. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, man. Well, that was a long, long time ago. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Whenever I talk about penguins, I always think of the the movie, The Pebble and the Penguin. And I, th- I believe it had a sequel as well. Those were good movies. I don't I don't think I know it. It's an animated film where in uh, there's like two penguins. One's kind of like a like a, a dopey, likable guy. And another one, he's an emperor penguin. His name is Rocco. And he has it, he has an obsession with learning how to fly, even though he can't. Oh. And so he's always like going down like bigger ice slides I, and trying to like fly. Stuff. I remember this, but like. Yeah, I there's don't. a whole lion seal chase too at the end. Like that's the big villains. There's actually a villain like penguin a who has a great musical number. after this or something. I feel like I don't know. No, there's no show. There was no show. It was just I think two movies. Crazy. Okay, it's in the same. Kind of- it's in the same bargain bin of memories in my brain as All Dogs Go to Heaven. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. It's also yeah. similarly timed. We're yeah. gonna we're gonna move on though. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a weird. That was a weird one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this week's Pokepole is, what are you looking forward to the most from the season of light? All right. So for me, this this might be cheating because we don't actually know the information, but I'm going to say this, assuming it's true. Uh, Lunala coming out. I am super excited for that. I, I feel like it's a safe enough guess that if it doesn't actually happen, I'm gonna feel robbed you're gonna lose it man yeah 
All right, so the easy answer for me would obviously be new five-star raids, but I'm going to shy away from that, and I'm going to actually go for the uh, Clefairy Commotion 6 to 9 p.m. local time <laughs> event on the 10th, mostly because it's new. You know, like, we've had five-star raids before. We've had rotations. We've had research days. We've had, you know, community days. We've had raid days. We've done all this stuff. I'm excited to see something kind of fresh. Even if it's <laughs> another event, the time the time period is new, you know? Um, I'm a little bit nervous because uh, I actually have a birthday party to go to that starts at eight that night. Oh, okay. So I'm really hoping that like whatever it is, I can complete from six to seven. So I don't have to worry about it. I'm hoping or, there's or like something, anything like a mini two step special research or something. Yeah. If it's, if it's specifically like a shiny boosted thing, I'll be okay. I don't need the, the cliff areas. So, okay. Fingers crossed. It should be interesting though. Fingers crossed. But yeah, those are our answers. Dear listener, if you have an answer to this week's Pokepole, which is, what are you looking forward to the most from the season of light in Pokemon Go? You can answer that question when we post it on Twitter. If you're a patron of ours, you can post your answer when the question is posted in the Pokepole specific channel. Uh, you can also leave us a voicemail at 262-586-7717 or email us your answer to mail at gocastpodcast.com. And as we've been mentioning the past two weeks, you can also answer uh, via the Spotify app. If you're listening to us via Spotify, I put the question in the Q&A section so you can do a little in-app interaction with us there. It works quite well. People like it. But before we get to any of the, you know, email or voicemail stuff that we usually kind of do towards the end of the show, you know, we have a habit of doing that. We're going to pass it over to Fish and DeFi, who this week are going to be covering the gap that we left in the news section uh, they're going to be covering the entirety of the GBL Season of Life update. So that's like, you know, move shakeups and all that good stuff. So enjoy. Hi, I'm Fish on the Hater. And I'm DeFi250. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that upsets the entire meta. DeFi, what is going on in PvP right now? Well, we have the big update of the season. The Go Battle League Season 12 update has arrived, Fish. And woo, woo it, is, it is hefty. We got the moveset, uh, attack availability updates, attack changes, new attacks. We've got, we've got it all. There's a lot of good stuff here to really get, dig into. Hefty is a great word for it. Um, just... Um... We, we can quickly mention calls we got right and wrong. Uh, I talked about movesets last week, talking about how they wouldn't go crazy with their changes, uh, which I got very, very wrong. There are a lot of changes to movesets. Uh, but I did also say that of the big four that, uh, that people have been crying out for to be nerfed, I said that they would nerf two of those things, and I got that right. So I feel like that was a, a net positive <laughs> for me. What about you? Yeah, I said specifically, I think you can go back and check me, but I think I talked specifically about a different fighting move other than counter, just something other than counter. And I think I also talked about charm and fairy moves. So I feel yeah, like I did pretty goal. good. Yeah. Like, I think I did pretty well with the new attacks. Mm, totally, totally. All right, so let's get into it. So the season will be commencing on Thursday, September 1st at 1 p.m., American Pacific Daylight Time. The end of season rewards will be available on the battle screen and your rank will be reset. Don't forget your star piece. 
That is very important. You get so much Stardust for the end of season reward, so make sure you capitalize on that. Rank requirements will be the same as the prior season. They also released the schedule. We'll be talking about it in a lot more detail when we talk about each of the individual cups. But I know, Fish, you noticed something kind of different about the Open Leagues. Yeah, so um, last season they changed the schedule so that every cup uh, was around for one week and then moved on to the next cup. They have adjusted the Open Leagues to go back to being two weeks long, while the custom metas, the limited cup metas, they're remaining at one week long. And uh, look, I don't like that move. I think um, for me, the problem with it being one week was that uh, like you, you needed more time to get used to a meta. By the time you're, you're used to a meta, it's already moved on to the next thing. Open leagues don't have that issue. I think it could have been better the other way around. The open leagues, if, if, you know, I had the keys to Niantic, I would have made the open leagues one week and the custom metas two weeks. Yeah, I think that is a really good, I think two weeks, I miss the two week rotations just mm-hmm. in general. Um, I just appreciate having more time to kind of get my feet into a meta and really understand it. But I am happy about the two weeks for the open leagues. Uh, it'll be tough because I'm sure there's gonna there's cups in here that I'm really interested in, like the Halloween cup, and I'm only going to get it for a week. Yeah, kind right. of. We'll get into that in a moment. (laughs) Uh, But just again, uh, we'll be going into these in more detail. But the first rotation is going to be Great League and Little Jungle Cup Remix. And then after that is the Great League and the Psychic Cup. We'll be going into more detail on that shortly. But next, let's talk about some Go Battle Days. We've got two Go Battle Days in the upcoming season. On Saturday, October 1st, all day is a Go Battle Day featuring the Guzma Avatar item set. We'll be talking more about Guzma in a bit. Uh, typical bonuses that you'd expect uh, with the Stardust, the 20 sets all day. The timed research will get you experience, rare candy, an elite charge TM, and also the watch and bracelet for the Avatar uh, inspired Guzma um, Avatar items. And it'll be during Master League and Master Premier Classic. And one important thing to note is... The Master League and Master League Premier Classic, there is a triple Stardust bonus for the duration of those leagues. The bonus for Go Battle Day is four times Stardust, but importantly, they don't stack. So it's not like you suddenly get 12 times Stardust. It's just going from three times to four times. Bummer. We do get one other Go Battle Day. It'll be a Miltank featured Go Battle Day. Same bonuses as before with the four times dust and the 20 sets, but the featured Pokemon will be Miltank. So the Go Battle Day goes all day, but the Miltank feature is only from 11 to 2 on that Sunday, November 6th of the Miltank Go Battle Day. So that's a really important notice, just like Mankey, where the Pokemon part only happens for those three hours. So for those three hours, the first win on your basic track is going to get a reward with Miltank. And then in the premier track, it's all Miltank. So if you want to go shiny hunting for Miltank, you can use your raid passes on the premier track. You have five potential encounters. You also will have an increased chance of encountering a shiny Miltank. So go out there and get your blue cow. Uh, timed research will get you some experience where candy mill tanking a mill tank encounter and an elite charge tm will remind you when these go battle days get a little bit closer mill tank will take place in ultra league and the willpower cup 
And you might be thinking to yourself, uh, wh why Miltank? Like, what a completely irrelevant Pokemon to feature as a Go Battle Day. Well, stay tuned, because <laughs> have we got news for you. Let's talk about some of the reward encounters. So when you rank up, a lot of the Pokemon are unchanged. Something a little different is you'll get Pinsir at rank one and Gumi when you hit Elite at 2750 ELO. Uh, Pikachu Libre, as always, is your legend encounter, and it has the chance to be shiny. So apart from the guaranteed encounters, you can also encounter at rank one on Poliwag, Wingull, Metatite, Woobat, and Litwick. From rank six, you can also get Skarmory, Frillish, and Mindfu. From rank 11 up, you can get Onix, Lickitung, get those XLs, Hitmontop, Ropes, and Phantump. That's a good one. From rank 16 and up, you can get Espeon, Umbreon, and Miltank. At rank 20, you can get access to the current five-star raid boss. And, of course, there is from Ace Up, Axu, from Veteran Up, Noibat, and from Expert Up, Gumi. And some things to note in there, Lickitung is always really good as a standard encounter. Espeon, Umbreon, and Miltank are all new, which I think is interesting and love seeing that Gumi in there at the Expert rank. We'll have a timed research pass that will be available in the in-game shop for no cost. I love free bonuses. <laughs> so each research page requires 100 wins, and then you get some stardust and some items uh, based on how many wins. So keep at it throughout the season. See how far you can get. They do offer an elite fast TM if you achieve 400 wins for the season, an elite charge TM at 500 wins. And... Just to put that into context, um, it's pretty standard to get like a, around a 50% win rate in GBL. Like it's, it's very common to be somewhere around there. So I would say that to achieve 400 wins, you'd need to do about 800 battles for the season. And that's, that's about nine battles per day. I know for for myself and you, DeFi, that will be very, very easy to accomplish. Um, for, for some others, they might need to stretch out a little. So uh, nine battles a day to get the 500 wins or around 1,000 battles for the season. That's a bit over 11 battles per day. So like two and a bit sets. So you might have to work a little bit hard for it, but I'm absolutely sure that it is achievable. Let's talk about the avatar items. Pika Libre avatar items. So, you know, you've got the... Uh, Libre, Lucha Libre face mask and the outfit that is at rank three, which is super attainable. Even if you're not really into PVP, that is a very easy avatar set to get uh, because all you have to do is play the battles. You don't have to have wins at that rank yeah. level. So the featured avatar items are inspired by Guzma, the leader of Team Skull in Pokemon Sun, Pokemon Moon, and Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. So that is very exciting. More Sun and Moon, which is definitely reflected in the Season of Light as a whole. Mm -hmm. uh, Ace rank, you get the Watch and Bracelet. You also get the Watch and Bracelet just from doing the Go Battle Day for Guzma. Veteran rank, you get the Pants. Expert rank, you get the Glasses. And at Legend rank, you get the Shirt and the Pose. Now, I'm looking at this. I think it's a static pose, like it's a still pose. It doesn't seem to be moving. I'm also thinking it might be a still pose uh, because it's the shirt and the pose you get both at Legend Rank. When it was the animated poses, you would just get the pose at Legend Rank and the shirt would be at Expert Rank or something like that. So I think this might be a static, non-animated Legend pose, which I think is interesting. 
Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Um, did you also notice that the glasses, uh, one lens is a sun and one is a crescent moon? That's amazing. <laughs> it's really cool. And then just one last note, at rank 19, you'll get an elite charge TM, and then you'll also get an elite fast TM as an end of season reward. But let's get into, let's dig into these cups a little bit. Fish, what are some of the special cups that we'll be getting during this season? So we will have, of course, the standard Great League, Ultra League, and Master League. We also have the return of Premier and Classic formats. So Ultra Premier will be happening early on in the season, followed by Ultra Premier Classic. So they will be happening during the two weeks of Ultra League the first time. In Ultra Premier, it is just like regular Ultra League, except Legendary and Mythical Pokemon are not eligible. In Ultra Premier Classic, Legendary and Mythical Pokemon are banned, and anything that has been powered up using Candy XL is also not eligible. Master Premier Classic has returned as well, and just like the Ultra Premier Classic, it is no Legendaries and Mythicals and no Pokemon that have used Candy XL to power up. But I have heard people pointing out there is no just regular Master League Classic. So unfortunately, those Legendaries and Mythicals that they have been keeping at level 40 still won't have their time this season. But there is always... They they never just completely trash metas. They uh, have a very good chance of coming back in the future. Continuing forward, we have the Little Jungle Cup Remix. This is going to be the one that we're in uh, tomorrow for us recording right now. And it's the Little Jungle Cup as as we know it, uh, 500 CP or under, normal grass, electric, poison ground, flying bug, and dark Pokemon. And But the three Pokemon that were used most by trainers Ace Rank and up, which were Skaroopy, Cottony, and Ducklet, are banned. In addition to that, Salandit is banned. So all you lucky people who have hatched a Salandit, you can't use it because it was too powerful last season. It wasn't just too powerful. It was actually uh, to get a Salandit under 500 CP, you had to trade one from a an underleveled account. So it, there's also accessibility issues there. Really? I didn't realize it was the underleveled part as well for Salandit. Yeah, yeah. That and Sneasler, like back to back, you had two cups that had a pretty unaccessible Pokemon right at the top. Then we have the Evolution Cup. I like to call this the Middle Child Cup. So <laughs> it's a Great League Cup where only Pokemon that have evolved at least once and can evolve again would be eligible. So this would be Charmeleon. Not Charmander, not Charizard, but the middle one, Charmeleon. Or a Dragonair. Or a Bayleaf. Things like that. We also have the Psychic Cup. Great League Cup. Only rule is only Psychic-type Pokemon allowed except Mew. That, I think, is going to be kind of a rock, paper, scissors, RPS, as we call it, kind of nightmare. I think we're going to have Pokemon like Metacham. I think we're going to have Pokemon like um, Malamar and just kind of creating like a psychic fighting. Mm. And maybe you have a psychic dark um, and then you have like a third part of that to, uh, that's going to make a triangle. So I, th- I think it's going to be a lot of rock, paper, scissors in this. I think the single type cups they've done a few of them now i just think the single type cups are are not diverse enough to work because yeah I've, I've taken a look at the psychic cup and malamar will be an absolute monster and then you've got gardevoir which is just 
a complete like it shreds the Malamar up. So it's just going to be so many Malamars and so many Gardevoirs to take on the Malamars, and then I guess like uh, Medicham will be in there here and there trying to take on Malamars as well. But yeah, uh, Psychic Cup. I'm not sure I'm going to have too much fun with. Then we have the Weather Cup. This is an Ultra League Cup, not a Great League Cup. This is an Ultra League Cup uh, with only Fire, Water, Ice, and Rock-type Pokemon eligible. So that is very interesting to have an Ultra League restricted meta. I'm really excited by that. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize it at first. And the Weather Cup is going to be paired against the Open Ultra League. So two Ultra League Cups. Um, that's the third week of the season. So that's very interesting. I'm just happy they're adding some interesting metas into the Ultra League. Yeah, yeah. We said it when Sylph introduced their Celestial Cup meta that like, yeah, finally Ultra League is is diverse enough and it's in this place where they can afford to play around with it. It's super, super big step. The PvP. My favorite holiday of the year, Halloween. We're not just getting the Halloween Cup, which is a Great League Cup of Poison Bug, Ghost Dark, and Fairy types. In the Great League, we're getting it in the Ultra League as well with the same rules, except it's an Ultra League Cup. So Poison Bug, Ghost Dark, and Fairy types. I love the Halloween Cup, and I'm really excited to see it back. And we get it for two weeks, once in the Great League and once in the Ultra League. Makes me very happy. What makes me less happy, Fish, is the Willpower (laughs) Cup. The Willpower Cup will be a nightmare, pun intended, um, of a triangle between fighting, psychic, and dark-type Pokemon. So when I said RPS earlier, rock, paper, scissors, this is that to like the nth degree for the Mm -hmm. Willpower Cup. Mm -hmm. The only ban is Gardevoir, which makes sense, but oof-da. Yeah, so a bit of self-histories. Nightmare Cup was a season one cup. Um, so like right at the beginning of before GBO was even a thing. Um, and they did this exact thing, fighting psychic and dark types towards the end of the season. They decided to do a fun thing called the mirror cup, where you could revisit any cup that had been previously run over the past seven months of the season. And the difference between then and the first time they ran nightmare cup was Gardevoir. Gardevoir had been released during that time and Sylph didn't think to like add that as an extra ban and so Gardevoir just became an absolute it was one of the most centralizing Pokemon that I've ever seen in a meta so it looks like they have taken that uh, because like they do work pretty closely with um with the Sylph Road now I think they must have gotten that advice that Gardevoir would just be too OP and they've banned that ahead of time they've shown the forethought to ban that one but Sableye is still a thing Two more cups to go through, Fish. The Element Cup Remix is the Element Cup as we know it, 500 CP or lower, fire, water, and grass types. Um, Only Pokemon that are able to evolve and not have evolved yet will be eligible. Uh, The three Pokemon, just like Jungle Cup Remix, very similar Pokemon that are getting banned for this. Ducklet and Cottony, can't use them, nor can you use your Chinchu. Also, (laughs) Salandit, still not allowed. So put those Salandits on the bench. I think Seal is actually going to be quite good for this cup because Chinchou and Cottony were like just far and away the two most common counters to it and pretty hefty counters as well. Um, Obviously, Cottony didn't want to take an icy wind, but uh, yeah, Chinchou especially 
massive counters to Seal. So I think Seal will be pretty good in this remix. I would agree. Last cup to mention for the season is the Catch Cup Season of Light Edition. It's a Great League Cup where only Pokemon caught during the Season of Light are allowed. So Pokemon must be caught between September 1 and November 30th to be allowed. Now, Fish, you and I talked about this a little bit before, but we don't particularly like Catch Cups. But if they're going to do one, this is the least offensive Catch Cup because they (laughs) give you three full months to catch the Pokemon. Yeah, and it means that it's likely that you'll have stuff built that you like. You won't have to go out of your way to build something that you wouldn't have already built. There's a good chance that you'll have Pokemon there that you that you actually built with purpose for something else that you'll be able to use in this one. So yeah, really nice change, I think. Next up, we have the new attacks. We have Double Kick and Fairy Wind, a new fighting type move and a new fairy type move. Uh, Double Kick is going to do eight damage in trainer battles. Fairy Wind will do three damage. Uh, and these changes are already in the game as of Wednesday night recording in the US and very, very exciting. And remember, I predicted these on the podcast a week ago. <laughs> you did. It's uh, <laughs> well, Yeah, that was a really good call. Um the energy for both of them, we have been hearing whispers that uh, Double Kick will be a, a pretty high energy one. So, but basically, kind of on par with like a, a fighting type Hex. And Fairy Wind, I've been hearing, is a clone of Mudshot. So, very, very high energy generation, but very low damage. And I find that interesting in particular because now we now have two Fairy fast moves in the game. One is just on one extreme of damage to low energy, and one is on the very other extreme of very low damage and high energy. Let's get into the attack changes now. So the first two were things that everybody asked for. Zap Cannon, the damage is still the same, but it's no longer a guaranteed chance to lower a Pokemon's attack. It's a dice roll instead, um, or more like a coin flip. And Icicle Spear, the energy cost has gone up, so it takes more energy to get there, uh, making Wall Rain less able to put out those spammy charge moves, things that everyone asked for. I think that'll actually make a very big difference to the matchup against Trevenant, because uh, Wall Rain would typically win that one because it got to that second Icicle Spear in four Powder Snows rather than five. Now it goes toe-for-toe with um with Trevin and it gets to the icicle spear at exactly the same time as seed bomb every single time so that'll make a big difference specifically in that matchup agreed so continuing on this is one that no one asked for but makes a lot of sense (laughs) when we continue into the next section rollout energy generation decrease so rollout became a less good move a less not spammy but you're able to get less energy from rollout which we'll get in more into that next the next three again no i don't think a lot of people were asking for this one i think it's very interesting ancient power ominous wind and silver wind all went from buffing two stages down to one so your attack and defense are only going to be increased by one stage instead of two also the damage that ancient power and silver wind do has been increased from 45 to 60. So I think that's very interesting because in the main series game, all of these moves bring a Pokémon's 
stats up two stages so the the fact that they only went down to one is interesting Mm, yeah i didn't personally i'm i'm very much in the minority here i didn't personally mind the two stage increase because the moves were so weak in themselves that it was kind of like the the trainer using them had to make a decision like am i going to use my energy on a move that isn't going to do much damage with the chance that I will get this game flipping uh, increase, or am I just going to go with the safer option of of the of the other move? So it was kind of like a risk reward thing, and I liked that little bit of strategy. But hey, I don't mind at all that they have uh, kind of balanced it out a bit more. All right, and the last two again, I think some people were asking for this kind of thing: normal type fast moves getting better. So we have quick attack and tackle both getting better energy increases which is going to make a big difference in the viability of a lot of pokemon pokemon that were kind of on maybe the fringe of viability Mm. uh this is going to make a difference for quite a few pokemon it's not going to make any pokemon completely overpowered (laughs) um but it might give like if you're playing like a draft or if you're playing um like auto recommended battles this is going to make a difference yeah I have read analysis that tackle will be kind of like a normal type powder snow or vine whip, which wouldn't, yeah, like I am all for that. I'm here for that. Uh, quick attack, just it makes sense to make that a high energy generation move, right? It's quick attack. It's a speedy attack. Yes, I agree. I think it makes a lot of thematic sense. And again, I'm mm. excited to see some of these normal moves get something interesting because really it's only the charge moves that have mm-hmm. gotten any love in body slam and like hyper beam right. and, and return. Uh, but it's nice to see some of the fast moves uh, get a little bit of love here too. Um, now let's get into the meat of this update, which is attack availability updates. Uh, I'm going to read a couple off fish and mm-hmm. you can go ahead and tell us more about them. First, let's talk about some water type moves. Let's talk about surf lantern and also tentacruel with scald. What do you think about those? Uh, lantern. Absolutely love it. Um, hydro pump, uh, like great move. Um, surf gives lantern the ability to bait, which it didn't previously have. And surf is a good move on its own as well. So uh, like it takes seven sparks to get to a thunderbolt. If you can then bait with a surf, you can build up to a thunderbolt bait with a surf and then get to that next thunderbolt in another five sparks. That will really increase its viability. Um, you do have to kind of choose whether you go with the bait or keep the kind of nuke option of Hydro Pump, like you might need Hydro Pump against a Bastiodon. But I, I say it every every season, it's just extra tools to think about, extra tools to use. It's not a strict upgrade, it's just something else to use. Um, Tentacruel with Scold. There was a lot of excitement about that initially. It actually turns out that's actually a bit of a downgrade for Tentacruel, because Tentacruel does so much work by it's reasonably bulky um and then it can double debuff your defense with acid spray and then absolutely blow you out of the water with a hydro pump scold while being a good move does not achieve the same effect so like running scold uh will allow a galarian stun fisk to land an earthquake on you for example it can tank a scold and land an earthquake on you which it couldn't do with a hydro pump 
Next up, we have Psychic Fang. It was given to a wide variety of Pokemon. It went to Steelix. It went to Arcanine, Manectric, Espeon, Girafferig. Even Swoobat is getting in on the action here. But where does it help the best fish? I'm actually pretty excited about Arcanine. It's it's a Pokemon that I, like many others, really like and wish it were more viable. And it actually gains quite a bit in the Great League. So this is running Snarl, Wild Charge, and Psychic Fangs, as opposed to Snarl, Wild Charge, and Crunch. The Psychic Fangs version will gain Pokemon like Altaria, Azumarill, Cofagrigus, Drapion, Jellicent, Lickitung, Alolan Ninetales, Kanto Ninetales, Skarmory, Venusaur, and Wigglytuff. This is all stuff that the Crunch Wild Charge version could not do. It loses Cresselia, Shadow Machamp, and Trevenant, which isn't that much. Like that, that is a good trade-off. So I'm I'm really excited actually to try out a Great League Arcanine. One other Pokemon I have to point out is Steelix with that Psychic Fangs. Um, this is like a big deal for it in Ultra League. Being able to Psychic Fang a Pokemon and then nuke it with an Earthquake, that's going to be huge. It gives it, I think, easier wins. I don't have the stats in front of me for this one, but uh, I think it's much easier wins against like your Stunfisks, your Galarian Stunfisk. It suddenly can go toe-to-toe with Machamp. I think it still does just barely lose from a standing start but uh, it suddenly you know threatens the shadow machamp which is amazing for a steel type pokemon and being able to get to a psychic fangs in four dragon tails and then for such a high damage move like dragon tail to then be doing more damage on top it will provide a lot of combination fast and charge move pressure which i always love that kind of balance in a pokemon Moving on to some dragons getting a little bit of love here. So if we talk about Dragonite, it gets superpower, which I'm very excited about. It was a community day move that we voted on and did not win. I think that's going to be pretty huge. Dragonair also gets body slam, uh, which is interesting because both of those Pokemon have a lot of really viable second charge moves. And this just adds on to that. Yeah, totally. I I love the body slam because like I have run Aquatail and Rap for a long time because I thought Rap that like had some viability. Now body slam just gives having that uh, normal type low energy move extra viability as well. So I really like that. And yeah, superpower on Dragonite uh, can allow it to smack back some of those rocks and steels that it just doesn't have anything against otherwise. The next category would be Shadow Claw, and that went to Runarigus, which is the Galarian kind of counterpart to Kofagrigus, evol- evolving from the Galarian Yamask. Also went to Galissapod. So that's interesting. But Runarigus, definitely an interesting pick. I love it. It's It does just as much for Runarigus as what it did for Kofagrigus. Uh, was it last season? Season before? Probably a couple of seasons ago. Couple seasons. It's been a while since we've had a move update, which explains why yeah. this segment is going to be really <laughs> beefy, because it's got a lot of move updates. Yeah. So Runarigus is a ground ghost type Pokemon, which is a really unique typing. The only other one I can think of that's in the game right now is Golurk. It runs Shadow Claw and Shadow Ball, 
And it also has Sand Tomb, which is a really interesting thought because if you can, you know, bait with a Sand Tomb and then land a Shadow Ball, oh man, the damage you're going to do. The Galissapod, not as much. It's definitely a step in the right direction, but it still suffers from very, very bad charge moves. So, uh, you know, if it ever gets good charge moves, then having that Shadow Claw there will make it quite potent, but it is not there yet. Next, we have Rollout. So Rollout, again, nobody really, nobody asked for the debuff to the move, but I think a lot of people out there, especially Whitney from the Johto region, <laughs> the third gym leader, the normal type gym leader, has been begging for Rollout Mill Tank. And also Dunsparce, there's a lot, Dunsparce has a huge fan following, really. And a lot of people have been asking for Dunsparce <laughs> Yo, to be hi, more viable. I'm Fish. I'm a Dunsparce fan. <laughs> yeah. So... Dunsparce has a huge fan following and have been begging for Dunsparce to be more viable in PvP. Yeah, I have, like, if you've been listening to this pod for a long time, then you will know exactly how excited I am for that. I have been saying exactly this, that as soon as Dunsparce gets a good high-energy fast move, it will be real meta, because it has those charge moves of Rock Slide and Drill Run, which are two very, very good moves and have fantastic coverage i was thinking hex um roll out very very similar um in fact i think probably after the energy nerf it'll probably be a clone of hex 12 energy it might might be 13 a little bit better but yeah it's i am really looking forward to trying out dunsparce in my battles and i am excited for you continuing on Fairy Wind went to a ton of Pokemon. It went to Galarian Weezing, which is really exciting. Galarian Rapidash as well. It went to Mawile. It went to Jumpluff. It went to Florges and Slurpuff. It went all over the place. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy how many Pokemon got this move. Uh, which ones are the real winners here? Absolutely, the biggest winner is your Galarian Weezing. That plus tackle, you've actually got two. <laughs> you got Galarian Weezing, which had no directions to move before. Now you've got two. Um, you can run it with your Fairy Wind, which is your really high energy generation move, or you can run it with Tackle, which is now like a, a more balanced move. Um, and it's got pretty good charge moves as well, and really, really interesting unique typing so galarian wheezing i think is another one that's gonna be suddenly hashtag suddenly meta marwile and slurpuff are gonna be really interesting ones because now with the addition of fairy wind you've got the option of either running it as a fast move pressure pokemon or a charge move pressure pokemon slurpuff has charge moves that are fairly unique among fairy type pokemon so if you want to get to those moves quicker, it's like Thunderbolt and Moonblast or, or something like that. You Yeah, you, if you want to be able to pressure shields with those moves, then you can. And also Marwile, you can have the option of like running Fire Fang and Power Up Punch or Fairy Wind and play Rough and Iron Head or maybe, you know, keeping the, the Power Up Punch on there and just, you know, being able to bait and land a, a powered up play rough later in the game so more tools 
So we just got done talking about Fairy Wind, the new fairy type fast move. Let's talk about the fighting one. So that goes to Dubwool. It goes to Nidoking. It goes to Incineroar. Also Girafferig, who got Psychic Fang, also gets Double Kick. And it goes to Hitmonlee. But Fish, I need to say, also goes to Lopunny. We are getting some <laughs> justice for low punny it helps most as its mega form where double kick becomes stab same type attack bonus doesn't really help in pvp unfortunately but in raids when you're using it as its mega form in raids it does help quite a bit yeah so it still satisfies that defy rule of one up one move update away from being relevant it is relevant now just not in the space that we were hoping for double is an interesting one um did you see the Sylpharina Bandit for the upcoming faction cycle? I did, and I think that's hilarious that Dubwool <laughs> is now too powerful in the Ultra League. We'll touch on that at the very end here. But yeah, Sylph- the Sylpharina had to make some quick adjustments to their metas, and one of them was because of Dubwool of all Pokemon. Uh, Nitto King, uh, I think, is very interesting. I've been wanting that to be able to compete with its female counterpart. And this brings it a step closer, I feel. I've got the Sims here for Nidoking in Ultra League and Great League. In Ultra League, with Double Kick, it can suddenly beat things like a Scavalier, Scizor, Galarian Stunfisk, Umbreon, uh, and actually Shadow and regular Nidoqueen at the cost of Charizard, Alolan Ninetales, Poliwrath, Togekiss, and Venusaur. In Great League, it beats Frostlass, Frostlass Defy. It beats Alolan Marowak, it beats Shadow Nidoqueen, Politoed, Sableye, Scrafty, Galarian, Stunfisk, and Venusaur. It loses Azumarill, Cofagrigus, Defense Deoxys, and Metacham. So certainly not as big of a positive move as what Arcanine is, but it's it's creeping ever closer to being viable, Deepai. We love to see. I love the queen, so long live the queen for me. <laughs> but it's nice to see Needle King as well getting a little bit of extra attention. Now let's move on to some of our odds and ends. So some of the ones that don't really fit in a category. So Nidorino gets Ice Beam and Nidorina gets Thunderbolt. Mm. Yeah, uh, that probably... Probably purely for the Evolution Cup, the Middle Child Cup. It gives it some really nice tools in that. Uh, But also just, uh, once again, like we've said so many times, just having tools in its toolbox to be able to use. Like Nidorino and Nidorina can both be like pretty viable in Great League as Hundos. They've both got Poison Sting and Poison Fang, so having quite decent 55 energy moves as well to add with them. I think will service them quite well. We also have Haunter with Ice Punch, which is really interesting. So not just Shadow Punch. Shadow Punch is the standard move. Uh, what do you think about Ice Punch on Haunter? Shadow Punch and Shadow Ball is still the way to go. The stab of Shadow Punch can actually provide a lot of shield pressure, even as a bait move. Um, Ice Punch might come in handy in limited metas, maybe. Um, you've got I guess something to hit back against like Pokemon that resist ghost moves other than sludge bomb. But yeah, I still think 
Shadow Punch, Shadow Ball, or even Shadow Punch, Sludge Bomb are better ways to go. Then we have some Pokemon that don't really get that much better. Um, Camerupt getting Incinerate. Ladian getting Dynamic Punch. Marowak, the regular Cantonian one, getting Rock Slide. And Nihiligo getting Poison Jab. Uh, that that one's a good one, that last one. Um, it suddenly becomes really interesting in Master League. It's typing while being interesting does kind of hold it back. It gives it a lot of weaknesses and double weaknesses, but Poison Jab is a huge, huge improvement for that. Whew! That is 33 move updates. 33! Um, considering Giraffe had two. That is insane. <laughs> uh, absolutely crazy. Thank you all for hanging out with us and listening to these crazy attack updates. With that, let's do a very quick self check-in. Continentals is this weekend. We don't have an update for it yet. But then Factions for Sylph did have to make a quick response to these updates, like I mentioned earlier. In Open Great League, there's no changes. They're going to let the meta play out. In the Ultra League Celestial Field, like we said earlier, double. It's too powerful. It's too flexible. You need 296 XL candy for it. And the Sylpharina said no. So that has gotten the ban hammer. Master League Xerneas is now restricted. They're going to play it safe considering they don't really know how Xerneas is going to play. We don't have practice with it. That's because of Tackle. The um, mm. Tackle was the, the big change that Xerneas got. And then they looked at Pokemon like Nihiligo, Florges, Dragonite, but they will all stay unrestricted. Just Xerneas moving to the restricted instead of unrestricted choice. No changes to the Great League Battlefields. Um, it will definitely change the meta, but not in a way that breaks it. We got a an email and a voicemail, but since the Season 12 Go Battle League update was hefty, <laughs> we are going to read those and listen to that those on the next episode. So then that leads us on to our shameless plugs. DeFi, do you have anything to plug? Yes, I would love to talk a little bit more about the Sylph North American Continentals. SosaFlo asked me to come on Team Rocket PvP, the Team Rocket Academy channel on Twitch, and we are going to cover the winner's run. So the Continental Tournament takes place in the U.S. on Saturday, September 3rd. We are going to stream on Sunday, September 4th at 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific Time. Continentals is on Saturday, September 3rd. We are going to stream just the winner's run on Sunday, September 4th at 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. If you miss the stream, be sure to check out the YouTube video or the VOD on Twitch so you can see some of the best battlers in North America battle for the Continental Championship and for a spot in the Sylph World Tournament. I also just really quickly before we kick it over to Fish's shout outs is to just thank everybody for tuning into my 12 hour stream that I did last week, my summer send off and thousand follower celebration. I hit 1100 followers on my thousand <laughs> follower um, celebration. I had 83 new followers that day. That's uh, awesome. Big, big thanks to the 12 streamers who rated in. Enhoff, Rocha Babyface, Caleb Pang, Coolstar5, Elodie Colo, Thotechnical, Kitty Devaru, uh, The Arrow, Latin, um, Yasser Elid, Math Magic, and Blepnir all rated in and helped me get those new followers. I had an amazing time and I just really appreciate the listeners of GoCast Podcast that hung out with me as well that day. It was a really, really fun time. So you would have gotten like hundreds of views, viewers at one point, like concurrent viewers. I did. Like I had... 
like three, four hundred at one point. Wow, that's so cool. Well done. And I, yeah, I couldn't have done it without this really incredible supportive community. And for me, I will be doing a live stream with Final Boss AJ, who has been on this show a couple of times. Two-time guest, Final Boss AJ. We are going to be doing a a special stream where we rank Pokemon by their huggability. So we're going to split these Pokemon into their tiers, and whichever ones are the cutest and cuddliest Pokemon will come out on top. Really excited for that one. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. That'll be on Tuesday night at 9.30 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time on Tuesday, the 7th of September. I'm also going to be on the next episode of the Waylords podcast. If you haven't heard of the Waylords podcast, I consider it to be kind of like, uh, it's it's like a middle point between Roundtable Chatot and BTW podcast where like they, they do like their PvP and they talk about it. Uh, a fair bit but that's not all they do they do talk about the game as a whole not just pvp so i am going to be appearing on that podcast with lachlan from the Wayspotters podcast so they're having an aussie invasion finally i want to give a shout out to some members of the pallet town pvp discord server music michael and dr strange both hit legend for the first time, I believe, for both of them, Sticky Valves hit Expert and Marcello Martello hit level 46. It's really interesting because Doctor Strange is from India, and I have heard that India was one of the biggest beneficiaries by far of the PvP fixes when they finally fixed the ability to deny fast moves. Um, uh, suddenly, there were dozens and dozens of, of Indian battlers that were hitting legend for the first time dr strange being one of them i love to hear that that is fantastic Mm. so to close out we love hearing feedback we love getting questions in voicemails and all that fun stuff so if you have any questions that you want us to cover or just suggestions for content or anything you can direct those to myself or DeFi at pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com in the show description, you can click on more fish or more DeFi to take you to other projects and ways to contact us. And we will see you next week. Thank you so much, Fish and DeFi for yet another wonderful PVP corner segment. And thank you for covering that, that information for us without us stumbling through it and going, I think this is good. I think this is bad. I wonder what Fish and DeFi had to say about this. You just went ahead and did it, which is great. <laughs> Alrighty. So I was, you know, during the break, Kyle, I was staying on my head trying to, you know, evolve some Inke. I'm kind of turned around. Where are we again? It's time for emails. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And we've got one voicemail. We're going to play that voicemail first. It's from our friend Megablade. Hi, GoCast. This is Megablade calling in for another voicemail. Um, just wanted to say a quick question because it popped into my mind randomly, and I knew my mind my answer very quickly, but just wondering to know what yours would be. So, what is your favorite shiny, and you have to include a special one? So, like a primal, uh, mega, one of those. Mine would be Edgeslash, and then my other probably would be uh, Primal Groudon. I really like Primal Groudons. Uh, and then also, what move you'd be had added to Pokemon Go and the top two balls? 
like Pokeballs, he'd be added. And thanks for an excellent podcast. Shiny vibes all. Sorry, long voicemail four. And bye. All right, Mega Blade. Thanks for thanks for sending us a voicemail there, buddy. Appreciate it. Okay, so there's three there's three questions here, Kyle. Okay, so the first one is our our two favorite shinies. One, I guess, regular, and then one has to be some sort of special sort of shiny, like a primal, a mega, whatever the case might be, right? Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, two pokeballs that we want to be added to the game, and then a move that we want added to the game as well. So why don't we start with our shiny Pokemon choices first? <sighs> okay, well. I'm I'm sad because I, I think Mega Aegislash might actually be my favorite shiny. So <laughs> is there a Mega Aegislash? Sorry, it's a Mega just just shiny Aegislash. Oh, Mega Aegislash oh, would be awesome. I'd be yeah, so for it. Would, it would but, be. That's I was like, how on earth could I have missed this? That would have been incredible. <laughs> but just turns into a Golurk. <laughs> I I love shiny Aegislash. It's so cool. It'd be cool if they did fusions, like if they had Aegislash and Golurk combined to make like a like a mega form, like a like an armor digivolution, man. Come on. Going. I feel like that's a theme for a set of the TCG or something. That would be awesome. Yeah. Like a weapons based Pokemon with like a fighter based Pokemon. Mm hmm. That'd be cool. Oh, yeah. Like Clauncher and Toucanon and Remoraid. Oh, man. I'm all about this idea now. But anyway, okay, so your your two answers? Uh Aegislash and it, I mean this is this is terrible. Everyone's gonna yell at me. Uh Aegislash is my favorite for like a general shiny and Mega Gengar is my favorite for regular shiny form. I knew it. I knew but it. Mega Gengar's so good. Yeah, I'm not saying it's no. So I'm just good. saying it's, it's it predictable so of an answer. It is predictable. Yes. I also do like uh, Gigantamax Shiny Gengar. It is very good. It is also still white. Yep. They knew what they were doing, keeping that coloration. They're like, yep. oh, we did it right the first time. We got to keep it going. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, for myself, for the Shinies, I think the Shiny that's like not special in any way, I suppose, that I really, really like. It's probably like Ponyta or something like that. I don't have like a strong affinity. Yeah, I don't like really have a super strong affinity. I just like shinies quite a bit. But like there's no particular one. I think it's because Cyndaquil shiny is not great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if it's, it was, it's heartbreaking. It's that <laughs> is cool if the fire was on all the time, but it just isn't, you know? Yeah, so. even then it's just kind of okay. Yeah. But I think for my special one, it would probably be like Mega Shiny Rayquaza. It would be awesome. Really, really super is it, cool. Is it still but black? I've, I think so, yeah. And I've recently seen the primal forms and their shinies, and I was blown away by those. I didn't realize mm-hmm. how cool the shinies mm-hmm. looked. They're they're amazing. So yeah, shiny mega Rayquaza is still black. It is still quite good. Absolutely. Good deal. They kept that in. All right. So how about a move that we want to see added? A move. Oh my. Um I would like to see um I, I don't know of a specific one, but I would like to see another move like charm in the game. Another effect based move that is just translated into something that's very good in Go. I think we already have light screen as a move, which is Do we? strange. Yeah. Uh oh no, it's Miracle. Miracle. We already Mirror have Miracle. Shot. No. 
mirror coat. Uh, oh, on Wabafet. Yeah, Wabafet has mirror coat. Yeah. Uh, like maybe light screen would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what you would do to actually make it really compelling, but it would have to be some kind of like defense up when you use it, but also probably pretty spammy to make it worthwhile. I want something like charm equivalent, but for bugs, that's like string shot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think that'd be pretty cool. Like a spammy thing that you can use to lower a stat. That'd be really neat. Yes, sir. And then the last one is two balls. I'm going to go first instead of offering it to you like a polite person. Okay. I would love to see uh, quick balls. And I'd love to see dusk balls. You get out of here. Are those the two you that you wanted? First just because you knew we'd have the same answer. Uh-huh, I did. Yep, I'm guilty of that. <laughs> uh, well, those actually are both of my answers. I knew they would be because they're the two right answers. <laughs> they're really good answers. They're really good. I will have to keep quick ball. I'm not going to change that. I think quick ball would be very interesting. An increased bonus if it was the first ball you attempt to use. Mm -hmm. Because they already track that. They already know if it's the first throw. So uh, I have to think about what other Pokeballs there are. What about a timer ball? Now, instead of timer ball, the opposite of of that, how about a repeat ball? Oh, yeah. I'm for a repeat ball. That'd That'd be cool. So let's go quick ball and repeat ball for me. Perfect. Yeah, I think repeat ball would have to be rather plentiful for it to be worthwhile, unless you're using it somehow on raid bosses, but they give us premier balls, so I don't know. It'd be be interesting to see how that kind of comes around, but anyway, thank you so much for the voicemail, Megablade. Appreciate it, man, Uh, and we're going to move on to the regular emails. This first one is from Sarah Amanda, and they said, hi, GoCast. As y'all mentioned, trying to get a Shundo is just a numbers game. But another thing to try, if we're speaking about things to do to increase the likeliness, field research. Ivy floor is 10, 10, 10 on field research. At the start of every month and at the start of every event, I do a glance through the field research currently available and the rewards on Silf Road. I am a task hunter. Sure, if the task is easy enough, I'll knock it out. But I want to know which ones to target so I can determine, keep, or toss, and hope for better if I am passing through a dense Pokestop area and have to make quick choices. By now, most Pokemon in field research has a shiny chance if this is the most important metric on keep versus toss, but there are random curveballs like an August field research list, win a raid, awards cancel Marowak, and make three excellent throws, awards Don fan. <laughs> that, that's a good one. <laughs> no shiny chance there, but next month is just around the corner, so the list will likely be shook up. I hope these are part of the shakeup themselves. And one other tip, I like to stack my field research with intention of using it to help complete field research faster, particularly during events like when Halloween had tasks like catch 15 ghost type Pokemon or even catch 25. You best believe I was stacking every field research that rewarded ghost types so I could clear out these long tasks ASAP, especially when I got two or three of them stacked and a street of unspun stops ahead of me to check out on my lunch break. Anyway, Humble brag time. Tee-hee. I have four Shundos, each acquired with a different method. Oh. Very first one, December 2019, Snow. I remember, even though the game doesn't remember, that I got this from field <laughs> research. And then I was using the restroom. One does not forget where they were, I suppose, for their first Shundo. Very true. Second, December 2020, right period from Community Day. It was probably a weather-boosted day. Third, August 2021, Flygon received in Lucky Trade. Pokedex shows I have 57 Lucky Trap Inch, 11 Lucky Flygon. It was a very happy day. 
except my Pokedex shows a, mi a missing hole on Hundo Trappage. <gasps> so I still ask for this in Lucky Trades. <laughs> so actually, I guess it was a bittersweet day. February 2022, Defense Deoxys from a raid. Nice. Yeah. I thought I had something else to say, but I forgot. So I guess I will stop here because this email is long enough for now. <laughs> Peace, Sarah Amanda. Those are some excellent, excellent tips. Yeah, anything that raises the IV floor is like just a really good idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and stacking field research to navigate the encounters is a good way to go too. I didn't even think about that. And on the same note, stacking those research itself so you complete three at the same time is another way to speed up that process. Oh, yeah. Man, field research is definitely one that I never pay attention to. <laughs> no, we used to. If I get it, I will I will do it, but I have not looked at a collective field research list probably since 2020. Yeah. I, I used to check every month or whatever we got a shakeup to see if anything was interesting, and then I, I guess it just stopped being interesting to me i don't even know it why used, i stopped doing it, it used to be listed on a lot of the blog posts and they're just not listed anymore they just don't tell you yeah well it also used to be like the way to get a lot of stuff oh yeah and now oh, there's yeah. a lot of it's not as special in that regard but it still is a good way to target stuff for sure. They used to also put a lot of chase Pokemon in there too. Like Galarian Ponyton research task for encounters was a thing for a long time. Never forget the three excellent throws in a row. Never forget. Never forget. <laughs> but thank you very much for your email, Sarah Amanda. Appreciate it. Our next email is from Terry. And they said, hi guys, I've only been listening to the podcasts a few weeks, but I've been really impressed by what I've heard so far. It's not very often you find a podcast where all the hosts seem so passionate and so inclusive. I can't wait to go back and listen to some of the old shows to hear your perspectives on previous community days, go fests, etc. Oh man, to see how wrong we were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was intrigued by your discussion of the gym defender medal as it wasn't something I'd ever really paid attention to. I logged in to have a look and was surprised to find I'd already got the platinum medal. Having clocked up to 250,000 1,727 hours defending gyms. Holy cow. Whoa. Holy cow. That's a lot. That is, that is a good amount. Yeah. That's too many. I, I think I have 4,000. That's what I established. <laughs> oh, my gosh. At first, I thought this must be a mistake as it equates to over 28 years of gym defending. But then I realized there's rarely a time when I'm not defending 15 to 20 gyms at once. And many times I can be in a gym for at least a month before getting knocked out. What? What? Where do you live? <laughs> I've attached a screenshot showing my current Pokemon in gyms and how long they've been there for. Hang on, hang on. I'm going down to these screenshots. Yep. What is this? I, I love number one is a Garbodor that's been in there for 33 days. All of these are at like zero motivation, by the way. So they're not even like being buried. There's yeah. Septile no. for 30 days right after that. A Magmar for 29. Galissapod uh, for 27. And then <sighs> a smattering for like five or six. What? Um, that's crazy. Also, instinct. So, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll be darned. Would you look at that? That makes it even more impressive, <laughs> depending on where you live. Or or more 
strangely tragic. <laughs> Back to the email, though. Maybe this is one of the rare benefits to being a semi-rural player. Less players means less opportunities to get kicked out of gyms, which equates to many more hours defending. I'm sure in the past I've been in a gym for over 200 days. Oh, my God. <laughs> is there a time that you guys can remember holding a gym for a surprising length of time? And while we're talking about ghost stats, how many kilometers have you clocked up walking in go? My friend was shocked that I'd walked over 15,000 kilometers, but I'm sure there's plenty of players out there who've walked more. Thanks again for the great podcast. Can't wait to hear more. Terry from the UK. Well, first question, surprisingly at the time, the most surprising was it's probably like 10 days, I, which is very strange, especially in my area of play. I think when I went out of my way to put something in a remote gym location when I was like traveling, I got like, you know, five or six days. But normally I'm like, oh, this has been there for two days. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as for distance walked, I'm at 6,200 kilometers. I'm at 6,700 kilometers. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 15,000 is a lot. It's, it's a good That's amount. A lot. That, is, that is a good amount of distance. Uh, we do yeah. know people who have, who have walked more. They, they do tend to have very uh, long walking jobs though. So that's a, it's an right. impressive number. Right. Yeah. And anything higher than about 20 to 30, you know, like 50,000, something like that. I start getting a little suspicious. Uh, yeah. Over 15,000 is still over 25. 15,000 to me just says that you walk a lot. <laughs> yep. A lot. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for that email, Terry. Appreciate it. All the way from the UK. That was a long distance email. Let's go. This next one is from Miles. Hello. In episode 203, you read off my first ever email. I was on my bike and I opened up my mouth wide open and said, yes. I was so happy. I went straight home and started typing this while listening. <laughs> I recently was just playing Go Battle League and talking to my brother. I noticed I could get Zashi and Rosamazenta. And I told my brother, watch, I'm going to get one and I'm going to run out of Pokeballs. My first encounter, I got a Zashian. I was on top of the world because I have really bad luck with catching legendaries from raids. A Palkia ran for my first ever legendary raid. And a week later, the Zamazenta ran. And I was so sad. Sorry for the long email. Shiny vibes all. Miles. Yeah, one of the problems with uh, the, the Go Battle League encounters, the legendaries in the past has been people running out of Pokeballs. But yeah. usually that's like GBL specific, like exclusive only players because they don't go out and spin stops. Yeah, so I'm, hope, I'm hoping you'll be you'll be good. <laughs> and it is also very ironic because like you can't run away from that encounter either. Even if you do, you have to catch it. Yeah, yeah. You have to <laughs> go get some more Pokeballs and come back and try again. Or and you can't do GBL until you you catch it. Oh, you can't do GB. Oh, is it like the research, like the special uh, mm -hmm. research breakthrough? I, oh my! Gosh, I could yeah. be wrong, but I'm I'm almost positive I'm not because it hasn't happened to me. But I don't know either. No, yeah, I, I don't think I've actually ever had a legendary encounter in GBL. I very rarely get up to that point, and haven't played yeah. enough to have it happen. So maybe this will be the season, Chris. Maybe this will be the season. But anyway, Miles, I hope that you get a chance at Zamazenta from those rewards as well to redeem the other one. The Palkia, I guess you just have to wait, man. But it's worthwhile. Palkia is a good Pokemon. So good luck next time, and thanks for the email. Our last email is from Tim, and they said, "Hi guys, I'm Tim." And a very new fan, but a really big fan. Nice. Recently talked about finding local players, and I'd like to inform everyone on additional methods of finding other players. 
I personally live in Belgium, and here, Telegram groups are the most popular way of meeting up. And I know for a fact it is the same in neighboring uh, in neighboring countries. Also, Reddit, r slash name of your country or nearby big city, plus Pokemon Go or Pogo, is very useful for both finding Discord, Facebook, Telegram groups, and finding out when and where local events are happening. I love meeting with local players at events and hope anyone who wants to is able to do so. Keep up the great work. I have been absolutely obsessed with the show lately. Kind regards from Belgium, Tim. I'll be honest. Yeah, that's something that I... What's that? I'll be honest. I got no idea what Telegram is. So... Oh, uh, Telegram is just another chatting uh, app, kind of like how WhatsApp is really, really popular in, um, you know, Asia Pacific. Same thing for Telegram in other areas as well. I think like Europe so, so Telegram more like Europe focused. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't really know the answer, but that is my understanding. Yes, I could be wrong, but that is my understanding. I, I know for sure what I said about WhatsApp is true because WhatsApp has like a real big presence, you know, all over the all over the place. Um, but yeah, I think, I think telegram is the same sort of thing. It's kind of like line, I believe too, you mm-hmm. know, I know, you know mm-hmm. what line is cause you've told me about line. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, we did neglect to really kind of take off our, uh, <laughs> our filthy Westerners sunglasses. We were talking about this like, <laughs> oh yeah, there are other chat programs as well. And, uh, the subreddits are a really good idea if you are okay with Reddit. So thanks very much for your email, Tim. Appreciate the additional insight if you dear listener would like to send us an email or a voicemail like these fine folks did you can by sending it to mail at gocastpodcast.com and for voicemails you can either email us a sound file in you know instead of a voicemail or you can call our voicemail line at 262-586-7717 visit our website for all things gocast podcast at gocastpodcast.com Follow us on Twitter at GoCastPodcast. If you'd like to help support the show monetarily, you can do so via Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash GoCastPodcast. And speaking of patrons, shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons. Thank you to Bo, Daniel, Andrew, Lori, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Tish, Ben, Marvin, and Mimi, Sports, or Hersui and Ryan, Thayer, Jason, Justin, Charles, Motters, Lee, William, Brendan, Ethan, and Steven. Thank you so much for your patronage and for helping us keep uh, the digital lights on. We appreciate you ever so much for your confidence and your support of the show. But if monetary support is not in the cards for you, or you just don't want to, or you've done it already and you're looking for a different way to help support the show. And maybe it's not time consuming. Maybe it's free. Maybe it's really helpful to us. You're right. It is all of those things. It's leaving a review. If slash where you can. Thank you. Thank you. And I think that's pretty much it for the show there, Kyle. We just got to set some goals. We've got that mm-hmm. research event this weekend. And uh, I think that's pretty much it. Yep. That's that's kind of it until we next record, at least. All right. So what do you think of accomplishing? Uh, I want three shiny inke. Okay. I want to clean out my storage specifically of shinies, but I don't know if I have the mental fortitude to, for that. So instead, I'm going to say legendaries because I have like, three or 400 legendaries just kind of sitting in my storage. Okay. Uh, let's say a million experience. Okay. And this one should be really easy. Finish the task for my level 47, uh, win a three-star raid with 1500 CP or less. Cause I haven't done that yet. Those are for 47. 
Well, that's the level 47 requirements. I am currently 46. Great. I've got it. So I've got for you three shiny ink. Clean out your Pokemon storage, you know, legendaries, whatever the case might be. One million experience and finish level 47 requirements. You only have one left. Okay. For myself, I want to catch four shiny ink, one million experience, and then finish whatever special research there might be for said research day. Uh, I know it's mostly tasks, but sometimes there's like some other stuff to do as well. I just pretty much want to finish whatever it is. Yep. All right. All right. All right. That's it for us. We're going to wrap it on up here and we'll see y'all next time for episode 206. Thanks so much for listening all the way through and good luck with your research event this weekend. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.